Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Voters in New Hampshire went to the polls in the first primary of the 2024 presidential race. And former President Trump is the projected winner, beating his Republican rival Nikki Haley. And even though Donald Trump did score a victory, Nikki Haley says that she's not done yet. All eyes are on the margins of the two candidates as Haley vows to fight on. Donald Trump may have won the New Hampshire primary, but his hopes of driving Nikki Haley out of the race were dashed. She not only vowed to continue to her home state in South Carolina, but she delivered some of her sharpest attacks on the former president. With Donald Trump, Republicans have lost almost every competitive election. The worst kept secret in politics is how badly the Democrats want to run against Donald Trump. Even as she congratulated Donald Trump on his New Hampshire victory, Nikki Haley was all sharp elbows. She vowed to continue the campaign to her home state of South Carolina. South Carolina voters don't want a coronation. They want an election. And we're going to give them one. For his part, Trump made a point at his New Hampshire rallies of appearing with leading South Carolina politicians, made it clear he thinks Haley is delusional and has no chance of overtaking him. She's doing... uh... Like a speech like she won. She didn't win. She lost. CBS News exit polls show that voters were divided about whether a conviction would affect Trump's fitness for office. Asked if Trump is fit to be president if convicted of a crime, 54% said yes, 42% said no. The exit polls also showed the economy and immigration were top concerns. Trump addressed immigration. I think we called it right. Immigration's a big deal. A big deal. A very big deal. We have millions and millions of people flowing into our country illegally. We have no idea who the hell they are. President Biden was not on the ballot, but a vibrant write-in campaign appeared to make him the winner of the Democratic primary. The president seemed upbeat about his chances. I'm betting come November we will vote on a record numbers. And when we do that, we'll teach Donald Trump a valuable lesson. Now to some breaking news from the Middle East. The U.S. military launched new airstrikes targeting facilities used by Iranian-backed militias in Iraq. Now this comes just days after those militias targeted a military base, wounding U.S. service members. U.S. Central Command say forces conducted unilateral strikes against three facilities used by Iranian-backed militias in Iraq, including headquarters, storage, and training locations. It's in response to repeated attacks, including one just a few days ago on the Al-Assad Air Base in Iraq in a sustained missile and rocket bombardment that injured four U.S. service members. There have been more than 150 attacks against U.S. targets in the region by Iranian-backed militias since the war in Gaza began. 
where the Israeli military said troops have now surrounded Gaza's second largest city of Khan Yunus. The Israeli advance comes as troops suffered their deadliest day since the conflict began. 24 soldiers killed, 21 in a single attack. The IDF spokesman said a blast struck the building they were prepping to detonate. Families held funerals for the fallen as Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu reiterated, we will not stop fighting until complete victory. Disgraced Congressman George Santos was in federal court on Long Island. Disgraced and deposed, dressed in black suede Prada loafers and a Navy designer jacket he claims are not new, George Santos left federal court in a jovial mood. He did not speak to cameras but had plenty to say in the elevator ride down from the 10th floor. Who are you voting for next month? I'm not voting. I'm not interested. I don't vote for Democrats. A slam against Mozzie Pillip, the Republican nominee who is a registered Democrat. You're not voting for Pillip or Swazi? I'm not voting in the special election. I'm not on the ballot. Santos's legal team has grown. Joining attorney Joseph Murray are two new criminal defense attorneys. The expelled congressman said they worked for him in the past. They are now reviewing the thousands of new discovery documents while remaining in plea talks. His 23 felony charges could mean up to 22 years in federal prison. Good morning. I'm Charles Osgood, and this is Sunday Morning. He was the admired, yet approachable host of Sunday Morning for more than 22 years. The Osgood File. This is Charles Osgood. And that reassuring voice of CBS Radio's The Osgood File for nearly 46. His beloved Sunday morning was the beneficiary of his passions. Our Sunday mornings are filled with such things. We have. I cannot think of anything that has given me more pleasure professionally than Sunday morning because. First of all, it feels great to be part of something that people love, and I know that they do. He is survived by Jean, his wife of 50 years, their five children and six grandchildren, and all of us at CBS News. Charles Osgood was 91 years old. And I've got to be drifting along. Hey, Sid, it's Elvis Duran over at Z100. We want to thank you for representing New York City as you travel to Israel. Spread the word of peace and be safe.
get you going on this Hub Day Tunnel to Towers Wednesday morning team. Somewhere only we know at 611 here in New York City. Third Avenue, baby, Midtown Manhattan, overlooking the beautiful Smith and Malensky Steakhouse. <laughs> you know, um, there's so much I need to get to today. Trump and Haley in New Hampshire. She is one delusional ass face. My God, is she, she has just become a complete maniac. She sounds stupid. You know, Roger Stone must have told me three times yesterday when he was on how she's not bright. Man, does she sound stupid. What coronation? Yes, it was a coronation before the caucus, before the primary. But when you lose by 30 in Iowa, when you lose by 11 in New Hampshire, and you're down 40 points in South Carolina, that is not a coronation. That's an ass-whooping, stupid. So we'll get to her and my man Trump. George Santos, I spoke to this morning, He's uh, he was in federal court yesterday, and he's looking at 23 felony counts, 22 years in prison, but he's coming on today, so because I like him. <laughs> I do, I like him. I'm on record saying they never should have gotten rid of him, and now i got to worry that Mozzie Pillip, who I like too, I like her. She was on this show, IDF, Israel, votes as a Republican, all good stuff. Endorsed by guys I really love, Joe Cairo, Peter King. But this is not going to be easy. She could lose. Santos was already there. So George going to join us coming up at 8.15 this morning. Another violent day for the IDF yesterday. You know, talking about the IDF, I am actually dressed for battle today. Most of the time I wear a nice Joseph Abood or Anthony garage sport jacket or even a nice uh, sweater this time of year. Not today. My dear friend Paul DiGiacomo, who was actually in charge of the DEA, not Drug Enforcement Agency, the Detectives Endowment, he, uh, he sent me a box, I don't know, about a week ago. And it has everything from T-shirts to hats to pins to sweatshirts, you name it. And uh, one of the items he sent me is the DEA sweatshirt in fatigues. So that's what I'm wearing this morning. It looks like I'm ready for battle. I was told, you'll appreciate this, Lua Gnome, not to wear this. Because I said, oh, that looks pretty cool. I'm going to wear that on the plane. It's a very comfortable shirt. It is very comfortable. I wear it on the plane. It's an 11-hour direct flight to Israel on Saturday night. 11 hours. That's a lot. And uh, I was told not to because they don't want the, uh, my loved ones don't want the Palestinians. They didn't say Hamas. They don't want the Palestinians to confuse you with an Israeli soldier. And uh, Noam, you kind of scoffed yeah. at that this morning. I don't think anybody's going to confuse you for an Israeli well, why soldier. why not? I look like a tough guy. You do, but, you know, the Israeli soldiers are all like 20-something. How old do I look? 
Well, older than 20-something. Blow me. God, I hate you. <laughs> At least 31. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh. Do you like the sweatshirt, though? I love the sweatshirt. It's a great sweatshirt. Well, thank you. But I do want to get to uh, Charles Osgood. <laughs> you walk down into the subway system with that on. Uh, I'm doing it today, baby. Okay. <laughs> Two trains. Okay. Six train from 51st to 42nd. Four or the five from 42nd to Wall Street before the ferry takes me back home. So two different trains today. Man, you need anything, man? What do you got? Oh, that's a nice shirt. Oh, yeah. D- well, everybody D- thinks that DEA is the drug, so they have no right. idea. So oh, they're scared of me, you know. That's right. Okay, uh, have a good day. Yeah. What was so, the T-shirt you survived with? Remember you wore some T-shirt into the subway and you survived that ride? I like, did. Um, the T-shirt I wore... This is unbelievable. You talk, you talk about a set of balls. It was on Global Jihad Friday, literally six days after the attacks on October the 7th. And I wore a shirt that said, New York stands with Israel. Right, right. <laughs> and I walked, I walked through Times Square. I was begging for a fight, begging for one. It never happened. In fact, I told you the story the next day. About 20 people threw their hands up in the air not to fight with me. But to give me a high five. So uh, keep saying when you see these huge demonstrations, thousands and thousands of these pro-Palestinians, whatever they are, don't be confused, folks. There's a lot more Israel support. The issue is we don't show it enough, and that's a big issue. In fact, I went for lunch with my rabbi who was in studio yesterday, Rebecca Epstein. She said, what are we doing wrong? I said, that. We need to show up in big numbers like they do. But the love and the loyalty and the support is out there, trust me. So every Sunday morning for a very, very long time, I I watch the CBS Sunday morning show. I can't watch Meet the Press, even when my dear friend Chuck Todd was there. It's even worse now, if possible, with Kirsten Welker. I'm never going to watch George Stephanopoulos. I can't stand Margaret Brennan on Face the Nation. So I watch uh, that Sunday morning show, even though it is a very liberal show. And when they do cover politics, they're just as bad as the Sunday news shows. But they do enough stuff outside the politics that keeps me watching. In fact, my favorite moment all week long on television is the end of that show when they show rivers and streams and babbling brooks and birds and, you know, all that greenery. It's just, it's the most serene, tranquil, beautiful way to start your Sunday morning and end your television show. I know you agree with that, Noam, yes? Oh, yeah. I think Jane Pauly does a pretty good job. She does. She does. The problem with Jane is, is she had to follow a legend. And that legend was Charles Osgood. Bow tie and all. He passed away yesterday at the age of 91. I know he had a very rich radio career. I believe he spent 46 years on the radio. But I've never, ever, ever heard Charles Osgood on the radio. So I'd be lying if I said, wow, I loved him. you know. Uh, but I did love him on Sunday mornings. I was sad when he left. To your point, yes, Jane Pauley has done a nice job. But to me, that's his show. You know, it's kind of like anybody who replaced... Regis Philbin, you know, it's Regis' show. Maybe you liked Ryan Seacrest. Not many, but maybe you liked Michael Strahan. That was Regis' show. That's it. And that's how I feel about Sunday mornings. But he did pass away yesterday at the age of 91. God rest his soul. 
And I found out this morning, Noam, that you actually knew him pretty well. Yeah. I'm embarrassed to say I never really sort of, you know, you're young and dumb. It was one of those moments. I had an office right next to him. What happens when you come old and you're still dumb? Well, yeah, that's a problem (laughs) for me, too. I had an office right next to him at CBS. And I knew who he was, but... You know, he was an older guy, and I was young, and you think you're too hip for the for the room, you know. But uh, he was great. He would come in and check and see what I was doing on the radio, his passion for radio. He had the Osgood Files, which was still airing on CBS for many years. Sweet guy, invited me to his Christmas parties. I mean, I'm sorry I didn't keep, keep in touch with him, but he was like one of the last true journalists. I could not tell you necessarily, for the most part, what his politics were. But I knew that he always wanted to get the story right, which is, you know, sometimes rare. Oh, that is very, very rare these days. You know, they've got on uh, that show, what's his name, the comedian uh, Gaffigan. He was doing stuff. If he's still there, I don't know. And then you had Anthony Mason, not the guy who played for the Knicks, but the guy who was on CBS News. In fact, there was a while there where Anthony was part of that CBS early show with Gail King and the rest of them. And Anthony Mason actually did the very last ever TV interview with Lou's buddy Don Imus. Imus made a big deal about that. And then Anthony did a very good job, mind you. Pretty lame, the interview. Didn't do much, but... He was always good, though. On his... Anthony Mason? Yes. He's great with music, too. Yeah. Which I know you appreciate that. Yes. Very very, uh, great tone, and he was smart. And, um, yeah, he uh, was a really good interviewer with that. It was good. He interviewed Tom Petty, I think, one of the last big interviews that Tom Petty did. Right before he died. Right, and he yeah. did not talk to a lot of people. He didn't no. trust a lot of people. No. But he let uh, Anthony Mason in. Well, listen, uh, best of uh, best wishes to the family of Charles Osgood. Not that they listen or care, but for whatever it's worth, all of us here at Sid and Friends in the Morning, especially Noam, Want to send our condolences. I was a good man, 91 years old. God rest his soul. So we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll start tackling the major stories of the day. And we've also got a great guest list about to come your way, which includes Curtis Sliwa, my friend Alex Trayman. We're using his studios, the JNS Studios in Jerusalem, starting Monday. He's got a live update from Jerusalem, a very bloody day for the IDF yesterday. George Santos, Peter King. And Judge Janine Pirro, the number as always, 1-800-848-WABC. That's 1-800-848-9222. Hump day Wednesday morning, folks, with your guy Sid exclusively right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC.
If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at info at gabolaw.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. And then I looked at the polls. He was talking about most winnability, who's going to win. And I had one put up. I don't know if you see it, but I have one put up. We've won almost every single poll in the last three months against Crooked Joe Biden. Almost every poll. And she doesn't win those polls. And she doesn't win those. This is not your typical victory speech, but let's not have somebody take a victory when she had a very bad night. She had a very bad night. You'll be your woman soon. Love you so much, can't count all the ways I died for you, girl, and all they can say is, he's not your kind. They never get tired of putting me down And I never know when I come around What I'm gonna find Don't let them make up your mind Don't you know, girl You'll be a woman soon Please Come take my hand Now, this guy's one of my all-time favorites, of course, Lincoln High School, not far from John Katsimatidi's beautiful Ocean Drive buildings in Pony Island, the great Neil Diamond. Yes! That was the jazz singer, of course. Oh, of course. This one was used in Pulp Fiction. Was this when Uma Thurman was doing that? Um, yes, it was. Yeah, not his version. No, not his version, right. right. That's all. Who, who sang that version? Urge. Echo and the Bunnymen? <laughs> you you were on the right, sort of. I knew you were just picking a clown. Yeah, ridiculous. yeah. <laughs> Urge Overkill. Urge Overkill. How about that? How about it? That was the Uma Thurman eye dance, right? Was that during uh, this song? Yes. Her and Travolta? That's when he went to the bathroom, I think. And she did the drugs? And she did the drugs, but then she went into his pocket. <laughs> and she pulled he out the heroin. He stabbed her with that huge injection. It was so nasty to watch. She pulled out his heroin yes. and snorted it. Yes. That, yes. Oh, wow, that was a great movie. Oh, man. That, yeah, that's a really good man, movie. Man, I know we all hate what's-his-name since. 
Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, we all hate him now, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, he's kind of a buffoon, <laughs> but he makes great movies. Oh, great movies. I mean, even before that, he made Reservoir Dogs. They're great. It's still a great movie. That's one of the like, ten greatest movies ever. Come on, now. Are you, Quentin, gonna... you know, I actually grew up on 2216 Quentin Road. Spent 30 years there in Brooklyn. What a coincidence yeah. that is. Quentin Tarantino. Are you and gonna, I lived on Quentin Road. Are you going to bark all day, little doggy? <laughs> I love that. Or are you going to bite? <laughs> How old is my friend Neil Diamond today? Happy birthday, Neil Diamond. 83. He's 83. Still performing. Still out there. Well, he's still dealing with his Parkinson's. Yeah, though. I know. Still. It's sad. It's, yes. It's sad. It's kind of but sad. Yeah. You know, uh, an amazing yeah. artist. Great. Uh, we'll celebrate Neil Diamond all day. Donald Trump, that was him last night in New Hampshire. He did beat Nikki Haley by double digits, not as resounding as Iowa, not as resounding as what you're going to see coming up next month in South Carolina because Democrats, Republicans, everybody voted for Nikki Haley. Independence, she won by a whopping 22% in an effort to beat Donald Trump, and she still couldn't beat him. She still couldn't beat him. She's talking coronations and all this nonsense. She's an idiot. Like, I can't stand her. I got the TVs on in the newsroom. I got Joe Biden on CNN yelling and screaming about how he's going to teach Donald Trump a lesson. Meantime, he's losing every poll. And then on MSNBC, I got Nikki Haley yelling and screaming how it's not over. And how there's not going to be a coronation, even though she's lost the caucus and the primary by a combined 42 points. What is she talking about? Help me here. Some, Noam, help me here. What? I mean, coronation, yes. They declare him a winner before the first caucus, the first primary. We're two states in, and she's about to get killed in her own state. What is she talking about? I think the argument will become much more difficult to stay in the race when and if she gets killed in South Carolina. But she can stay on till South Carolina. The money's there. Maybe she's waiting for a promise of something from the the Trump campaign to get out. No, money doesn't get you electoral votes. But it keeps her on the campaign trail. If they're funding spots, Uh, commercials, her jets, you know, to and fro, then she can stay in. I understand that. But, you know, I think people who are not that learned follow this that closely, confuse money with winning. Money has nothing to do with it. All money does is lengthen the campaign. That's it. I mean, DeSantis ran out of money because people came to the conclusion he can't win. And it's going to happen to her, too. She's not not competitive in this race. She's not, but there's a wing of the Republican Party, and it's not a small one, that wants to do anything it can to stop Donald Trump. It's very small. They'll continue to fund this. You're you're wrong. It's very small. Well, If it wasn't very small, she wouldn't lose by double digits in every state. What are you talking about? Well, it'll be interesting to see as the process moves into primaries. I mean, I think he's going to run the table. It looks that way. He's going to kill her. But she did get... What, 43% of the vote last night? Okay, but we knew going in that New Hampshire was going to be her best opportunity. Don't forget, we're only two or three weeks removed from these Trump haters saying she was going to win. Then it was, well, maybe she won't win, but she'll lose by single digits. Now you're celebrating an 11-point loss when she's down by 34 points in South Carolina? There's not a big wing of Trump Republicans who hate him. It's a very small wing, evidenced by DeSantis out, Vivek out, and Haley, despite her tough talk, she's getting killed.
There is nothing so far during this primary race that says to me that Trump is not the overwhelming favorite in the Republican Party. I, I think you're right. But I, they're praying against anything that somehow the narrative changes. And so they're not going to have her drop out until it becomes really clear to them that they're wasting their money. And maybe that comes February 24th, that Saturday in South Carolina. If she gets hammered, they'll say, OK, we're wasting our money. Well, they're idiots. They're wasting the money right now. She's going to get hammered. Nothing that I've told you for the last eight months about Trump hasn't happened. And I'm not the smartest guy in the room, not even close. I've told you all of this for months I was getting annoyed. You know this, Norman Lou, five months ago when I was hearing about, oh, it's still early, Trump could lose, when people like Bo Deedle and Peter King were trying to convince me that he can't beat Biden, but Nikki Haley can. I mean, some of the dumbest stuff I've ever heard, ever. When are we just going to stop already? Even Dove Hiking. I mean, I had to sit at, at lunch at the rabbi's table after, after Shul and Woodmere months ago with Dove and his beautiful wife, Shani, and hear her tell me that she's a Republican, but she wants Nikki Haley because Nikki Haley's good. I go, what is she good at? What has she done for Israel, Shani? And then I started laying out the six or seven or eight amazing things Donald Trump's done. And Dove Hyken finally made a video yesterday because he became a never-Trumper all of a sudden. Yes, it's time to rally around Donald Trump. That should have been the case six months ago. Is that the one where you almost got kicked out of that uh, dinner or something when you stood no. up and they escorted you? <laughs> no, yeah. that wasn't that one. Okay. No. <laughs> yeah. That was, was, like, that like was that the one. rabbi's dinner, <laughs> and they were honoring A.R. Bernard, my dear buddy Keith Kantrowitz. John and Margo were there. and uh, <laughs> They must have been pleased. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you had this guy from the Israeli consulate up on stage. Thanking Joe Biden, but not just thanking him profusely. And I'm going, he paid Iran. What are you thanking? And Patashik's like, shh. I'm like, no. So then uh, Secret Service walked over and went outside and got a Diet Coke. <laughs> That's a true story. And, and Sid started interrogating them. Hey, what, what kind of guns you guys uh, Let me tell you have. something, okay? <laughs> I took the bus yesterday to the gym. Because I'm an everyday guy. I'm a guy's guy, okay? Uh, yeah, I can tell so by this I'm shirt. standing out in the in the ice cold, waiting for the Q22 bus to go to the gym, my buddy Sean Cerrone's Burn Fitness. And I swear to God, maybe I was out there for 20 minutes, three cars, three, stopped right in the middle of the road by the bus stop to roll down the window and say, Sid, I love you. Listen, every morning you're the best. I believe that. And That's there, true. And there was somebody I actually have to shout out who I ran into getting pizza the other day down at uh, on second. These construction guys and one of them saw the car and I was coming back and he goes, that you? You and Sid. Oh, my God. I love Sid. And it was one of the construction guys. His name is Herb. Herb. And he said, tell Sid I love him. He's Mom great. So I love Herb, you, too. Herb, but, shout out. Well, Herb and these people that rolled down their windows yesterday, and I get this love every day now, is because of what I just did, what I just said. I don't beat around the bush. I don't talk stupid. All right? I go by the facts. I'm not in this for emotion. I don't, you know, am I emotional about Trump? Of course I am. I want to save our country. But I really haven't told you anything in the last eight months that has not come to fruition. Nothing. And this Nikki Haley, to me, she's as big an enemy right now as Joe Biden. She wow. really is. Wow. Yeah. 
She's just a complete asshole. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of a, a big circle, I would say. But she's kind of made herself not likable for sure. What she says. Well, what you said was much nicer than what I I, said. I'm trying to not go all the way (laughs) to the cliff like you. Well, I'm on the cliff. No, no, I can't stand her. I can't stand her. I really can't. Okay, I understand. I mean, don't forget, she worked for Donald Trump. She wasn't saying this stuff when she was his ambassador. Then she ran out on the guy, stabbed him in the back, and she's offered nothing. She was on the couch yesterday at Fox News doing the Fox and Friends show live. With my dear friend Brian Kilmeade and Ainsley and, and Steve Ducey. She lost it. She went nuts. She scared the hell out of Kilmeade. He told me that at 5 o'clock this morning. I'm going to play it later. She is absolutely 1,000% unhinged. <laughs> she is a psycho. <laughs> my God. And she's turning me into a psycho. Because now I sound unhinged. Well, Trump's going to put you on his next uh, commercial, I think. <laughs> yeah. that. No, I want to hey. be, uh, what was the job that Scaramucci and Sean Spicer and those people had? What was that? Press secretary. I want to be Donald Drug Trump's press secretary, oh, yeah. No. <laughs> Could you imagine if, 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 if Acosta... Tries to get tough with me. <laughs> that would be, How's that going to go? That is a great I'll be like, job. excuse me, jerk off. <laughs> How could you say that? What's wrong with you? You dumb See, bastard. Show me your credentials right now. <laughs> Folks, it is time for my weekly Tunnel to Towers update. My guy, Frank Siller, the foundation's commitment to assisting our nation's catastrophically injured veterans and first responders. Now, do you do you, do you know how to do this job? This is this is uh, it's really it's it's a little complicated. I'm going to give you a guideline. I'm it ready. is uh, unwavering, folks, as they deliver smart home after smart home to our heroes. Very funny, Lewis. To our heroes across the country. Take a listen. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been devoted to assisting our nation's catastrophically injured veterans since the inception of the Smart Home Program back in 2011. The Smart Home Program helps veterans like United States Navy Senior Chief Petty Officer John Crabtree. Back on February the 12th of 2006, Crabtree was serving in western Iraq when an explosive device detonated, immediately killing one of his fellow soldiers. Crabtree sustained impact wounds to his face and ear, as well as total blindness in both eyes. With the support of his family and fellow veterans, Crabtree adjusted to his new normal and made incredible strides in his recovery. The previous layout of John's home made it nearly impossible for him to complete otherwise daily tasks. His new smart home has drastically improved his quality of life, allowing him to regain much of his independence. Folks, all you have to do is donate $11 a month to help build smart homes for heroes like Petty Officer John Crabtree. Head to T2T.org to donate and make a difference in military veterans' lives today. That's right, folks. Never forget, join the Tunnel to Towers Foundation on its mission to do good in honor of America's heroes. Donate just $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2T.org. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best built boilers. On the ice last night in San Jose, the Rangers were back out there skating with the NHL Worst Sharks, and they lost to the NHL Worst Sharks, 32 in overtime, thanks to a Tomas Hurdle winner about a minute and a half into the extra period. The Blue Shirts had a 2-0 lead in this one, heading into the third, but that quickly got erased thanks to 
two San Jose tallies in the first five minutes of that third period. Artemi Panarin scored his 29th goal for the scuffling Rangers now, who finished 1-2-1 one, and one on their West Coast trip and are 3-5-2 and two in their last ten games. Adam Fox had a goal and an assist as well. The Islanders fell victim to the loss column last night, too, falling uh, 3-2 to two at home to the Vegas Golden Knights. Brock Nelson and J.G. Pajot scored for New York. Sorokin finished with uh, 24 saves, but the Islanders couldn't figure out the brick wall. That was Vegas tender Aiden Hill uh, opposite Sorokin. Hill made 40 saves in his return from an injury. Locally on the hardwood, Jalen Brunson scored 30 points. Julius Randle added 30 points, 9 rebounds, and 7 assists. And the Knicks extended their winning streak to four games with a 108-103 to win over the local rival Brooklyn Nets. I was reading something yesterday about the Knicks, uh, Leon Rose specifically, because mm-hmm. they played very well. I think they're 8-2 and two now since they made the trade with Toronto yeah. and got Obi-Wan Kenobi and Obi- got rid of Barrett and, uh, Obi-Wan. quickly. Yeah. Obi-Wan Kenobi. So, but uh, Leon Rose, I guess the post, Mike Vaccaro, said, uh, much like Stephen A. Smith has been saying, the Knicks still need to make one more deal. One more. And you know the names that are out there, Javonta Murray. The big name is Donovan Mitchell in right. Cleveland. I don't know what, they, uh, what they'll use to trade for these people. I know that, believe it or not. Quentin Grimes... Well, there's that name again. Uh-huh. Uh, he is, for some reason, a big commodity, and he may help get somebody like that. Right. But Vaccaro's column and most guys in ESPN are saying the same thing. The trade deadline, I believe, is February the 4th. Right. And uh, they expect Leon Rose and the Knicks to make one more deal. Because right now the Knicks are good enough yeah. to be a three or a four seed. Mm-hmm. Now, Milwaukee actually fired their coach. Right, they just hired Doc Rivers yesterday. Yeah, Doc yeah. Rivers. So Mike Breen, he's another partner. <laughs> yeah. But um, one more big move for the Knicks. They get one of those guys, yeah. then you can start talking about a possible, and Boston's really good, right. but a possible Eastern Conference championship. Do you think Julius Randle might be uh, an See, that becomes a problem. Guy. You need three. Right. And everybody keeps talking about Brunson should be the two option. Mm-hmm. Randall should be the three option. Now the Yaboji on Anunobi. But he's not a great offensive right, exactly, player. He's exactly. a very good all-around player. Only ten points great defensive time. player, right. Ideally, you'd want those three mm-hmm. guys with the ball. Right. You're talking about Mitchell, Brunson, and Randall, right. or Murray, Brunson, and Randall. So. Or, uh, I believe uh, Terry Rozier got traded to the Heat. Yeah. That was a big pickup. Yeah, it was a big pickup. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Very as, uh, exciting. Very, very exciting. Uh, you know what? i got to tell you. My it Knicks. really is. <laughs> My Knicks, baby. Come on. Yeah. Corey Zelnick, I know you're listening. Let's get this done, baby. Let's get this done. Yeah, because uh, right. he's got a big influence. Come on, Corey. Make it happen. <laughs> yeah. He does have big influence. The bastard spends thousands on tickets every year. Okay, but they don't, get, they don't let those people get a say in how, who they're going to trade for. But he sees Jimmy Dolan all the time. Yeah, well, from across the court. Yeah, whatever. Well, <laughs> facial recognition, make sure it's uh, Corey Zelnick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that, uh, yeah, that's him, yeah. <laughs> uh, finally, especially. Special day for Major League Baseball yesterday, announcing its 2024 Hall of Fame class. This year's class will include two of the best pure hitters of their era and one of the greatest uh, third basemen in baseball history. Joe Mauer, Todd Helton, and Adrian Beltre were the names elected. It's to funny you mention those three guys, and of course, Mauer had all those great years catching in Minnesota. Helton had monster years. Right. In Colorado, he actually played quarterback at Tennessee mm-hmm. in college. And Beltre was just great everywhere. But right. this is when, Lou, you start to feel really old. When guys make the Hall of Fame, and by the way, you can't even be eligible until five years after you're done. Mm-hmm. And I remember their first at bat. Yeah. 
That's when you know you're getting old. When like, I saw Joe Maurer on the list, that's right, when I right. felt old. But like Ma- Joe Maurer and Maurer, Bel- Maurer. Yeah. But Maurer and Beltre are on for the first time. So, you know, I Still, mean, they were in the league six years but, but, five But years those ago. guys probably played 12 or 13 years. Yes. And it's sure. been five years since they left. Uh-huh. All of a sudden, now you're talking close to 20 years. I think the Joe Maurer 2009 season was the greatest offensive One season by, uh, by a catcher, at least. Well, no, be careful. Go back and look at Pench, Yogi Berra. I know, Yogi Berra had some ridiculous seasons. Yeah. But um, he had a great year. Thurman, a great year. maybe. He's a legitimate Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. For yeah. sure, for sure. So congrats to those Gary two guys. Gary Carter, Mike Piazza. Carter, yeah. Yeah. Mike Piazza's numbers were outstanding. They were. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Okay. And they get right. joined by Jim, by Jim Leyland. He'll join them as well. Uh, that's sports. Sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Spoilers. Go to PeerlessSpoilers.com. PavilionTechList.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best built boilers. I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. Hi, it's Lou Dobbs for Priority Gold, America's precious metals dealer. These are volatile times with high inflation, soaring debt, wars on multiple continents, and rising financial stress. Central banks are buying gold to diversify their reserves, so are many Americans. Call Priority Gold and find out how precious metals can help you diversify your portfolio. They're highly rated and happy to help. Call 1-866-303-6357 or get a free gold guide at PriorityGoldGuide.com. That's Priority PriorityGoldGuide.com. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. Good morning, Sid. This is Tom Sullivan. Just wanted to call and uh, wish you well and safe travels on your trip to Israel and listening to you talk about it. I know you're pretty sentimental, and uh, this is a great opportunity for you to connect with your culture and your faith and the good people of Israel and get a better understanding of what they're experiencing out there. And, you know, everybody at the Sullivan 2024 state assembly race is praying for you and wishing you a great time and a a safe return. We're so sorry. My good buddy Tom Sullivan, of course, the whole Sullivan family. I've been friends with his brother Michael, Mr. Brennan and Carr, for 46 years. Tom, we know the story about Tom Sullivan. He served in Iraq. He served in Afghanistan. He served in Kuwait. Dragged bodies out of the World Trade Center on 9-11. Saved lives. Literally saved lives. And he ran, um, well, he's run twice now in Queens. He ran for Congress, or Senator once, Senator, I should say. And then he ran for Assembly, and he won. He won the race. Congratulations. But they cheated. (laughs) That's right. Shocker. The Democrats cheated. Don't tell me there's no such thing as rigged elections. You may hate Trump and he annoys you, but there are cases of rigged elections. Tom Sullivan got jobbed. Stacey Pfeiffer Amato cheated. She cheated. And she stole the election from my friend Tom, a great American. What in God's name has Stacey ever done? Nothing. Her mother's a political figure. I guess her father was a judge. I don't know. I don't care. She shows up at rallies with Joanne Ariola, 
and the rest of these folks in my neighborhood, I don't even look at her. I can't stand her. She's a cheater. So Sullivan's going to run again. And uh, thank you very much, Tom, for those kind words. I did make mention earlier, too, that I'm kind of getting tired, you know, of telling people for months and months and months that Trump is going to win the primary. And no, no, Haley doesn't have the best chance of beating Biden. That's still Trump. And the polls, as of late, have Trump beating Biden and not Haley. Not Haley. Haley doesn't beat anybody. Anybody. Yet, the flavor of the week. A lot of you folks out there loved her. And I went back to a discussion. It was an argument, but a loving argument, that we had at Rabbi Bloomstein's house, hit the corner Shul in Woodmere, thanks to a Dove and Shani hiking, that I had with Shani, Dove's beautiful wife, about Trump. And what was funny was, when the day was over, we went back to Dove Hyken's house, and we said our goodbyes. She kind of whispered in my ear, I'm not going to lie to you, you have me thinking differently about Trump. And now, months and months later, after Trump demolished the field in Iowa, causing both DeSantis and Vivek to quit, and beat Nikki Haley easily by double digits, in New Hampshire yesterday, I guess folks now are coming to the realization Trump's going to win. And if you don't want a Democrat to continue to ruin this country, you better get behind my guy, Donald Trump. Stop with the other nonsense. Dove Hikend put this on Twitter yesterday. He has come to the realization this is Dove Hikend Lewis, cut number 14. Donald Trump will represent the Republican Party. That is clear. There's no question. Nikki Haley, it's over. All of us, whatever our differences are, we must come together to defeat the Democratic Party, to defeat Biden, to defeat the Democrats in the Senate and the House. We have to stop the chaos, the radicalism of the Democratic Party. So tonight, we unite behind Donald Trump. And I ask fellow Republicans and others who get it, who understand it's about America, whatever your differences are, whatever you don't like about Donald Trump, he is our candidate, no question about it. And we must be together as one in this war that is going to unfold for November and make sure that we elect Donald Trump and that we elect Republicans all over this country. It is critical for the future of our great country. That's a great job by Dove Hyken. He said what I've been telling you for nine months, but he did it. And that's a guy that spent uh, his entire life as a Democrat. And he and uh, Tulsi Gabbard, they recently changed. Mozzie Pillip hasn't changed yet. (laughs) We're going to talk to, how about this? You ready for this? In the 8 o'clock hour. George Santos and Peter King. Here's George Santos, who says, I'm not voting for Mozzie Pillip. She's a Democrat. Here's Peter King, who was part of the process with Joe Cairo and others in Nassau County that picked Mozzie Pillip. We've got them both. Santos and King both coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. In fact, we got a great guest list, Curtis Sliwa, Alex Treman, live from Israel, Judge Janine Pirro, all stopping by today. 
our number one, always a beauty in the books. We come back with Curtis Sliwa and our number two on the Wednesday Tunnel to Towers Hump Day edition of Sid and Friends in the Morning, right after Noam with the news. Trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients, and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC.
George Benson, I love this song, Give Me the Night. Another one from the Danielle and Sid Yacht Rock Radio Collection, which we heard on the way over to Peter's Clam Bar in Island Park on Saturday night. George Benson, a couple of shout-outs here. Gisela Tavares listening right now from Alaska. Big deal in Brazil, Miss Brazil, in fact, in New York, and magazines and newspapers and acting, does all that stuff. Big fan of the show. And Jimmy Boudreaux. Jimmy Boudreaux in his black truck, who I saw once again yesterday in my neighborhood. Big, big fan of Sid and Friends in the morning. So uh, shout-outs this morning to Gisela and to Jimmy. All right, 7-12 on your hump day Wednesday morning. We put this time aside every weekday morning for the man. He's the icon. He's the legend, Mr. Guardian Angel. Tremendous Hall of Fame Talk show host, Rippin' Weed, noon every weekday afternoon here. Overnight weekends, he hosts those and does his best work right here all five days, every weekday alongside me. He's the great Curtis Sliwa. And uh, Curtis is dressed for battle every day. He's got his red beret, got his red jacket. And I think you'd agree, now I'm leaving in four days, to be exact, after Shabbos. Flight leaves late Saturday night. I think you'd agree, Curtis, Based on my outfit today, I'm ready for combat. Yes, you are. In fact, I've noticed uh, you got your fatigues on. You're ready. And uh, because it's the DEA, although you, like Elvis Presley, should never have had the Drug Enforcement Agency symbol on your guard. This would be Detectives Endowment, but close enough. Yes, but you did receive their <laughs> Pro-Law Enforcement Award recently uh, at that gala that was outstanding. And I will tell you this, on behalf of the federal government, once again, they've reached out to you, Sid Rosenberg. They want to do you a courtesy because they know out of everybody here at WABC, you are the most pro-law enforcement. They will hold off unsealing the indictment against Eric Adams until you return from the promised land, the holy land, uh, sometime after next week. Now, you don't know if this is really, really true, do you? They've made an offer to you. Now, it's up to you. Okay, all I am is a messenger. I'm like Paul Revere, right? I'm the messenger. But you, you seem to be vacillating, equivocating. In fact, I thought for sure you would be in the front row uh, later today at Zona de Cuba, the restaurant on top of the Central Post Office where David Berkowitz, that's right, the 44 caliber killer, worked before he went out on his killing sprees, 149th in Grand Concourse, Owned by Fernando Mateo, who I crushed in the Republican primary, that de Blasio Republican. And he is hosting Eric Adams for his State of the City address. Let me tell you, City Hall, because they always listen to me on your show, first and foremost, 705 Monday through Fridays, and then on the Rip and Read 12 to 1. You better check the occupancy rates, because I've been in touch with the fire marshals. One person over the limit, oh my God. and they're going to shut you down. Well, before we get to this uh, city shut state you down. address today with your boy Mateo, there was uh, some event last night. Um, I did not go to Rosanna Scotto's event Monday because I heard some people on the guest list that I'm not a huge fan of. But uh, And it's not Arthur Idol. I do love him. Uh, but you told me there was a party last night that the mayor threw. And you were surprised I wasn't there. What was what was that one about? Well, I am not at liberty to say. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. I got some moles that were there. All right. I'm working on that for the rip and read. Okay. So, but, but, but you've come to realize now 
that even though I did spend time with the mayor a couple of Wednesdays ago at uh, Anthony Scaramucci and Nelson Braff's Hunt and Fish Club, or Fish and Hunt Club, whatever it's called, that was really an event for Jen Rajkumar, that I am not really, well, really in the Adams circle. I don't well, go to his events. That's Scaramucci, the Skifos. He wasn't there. He was in Davos. Of course. Uh, basically shaking down the rich, you know, to invest in crime coin, a.k.a. Bitcoin. But let's face it, Sid, you have an attachment to this guy, Eric Adams, because you're both metrosexuals. Have you seen his faccia lately? You had your very dear friend from Howard Beach in the other day who takes care of your faccia. She gives you occasionally a few Botox injections. Why do you make a hand gesture like it's some type of, uh, but she's, she's a shot injector. Yes, yes. yes. Jen Delandro. And she's right there in Howard Beach. Uh, yeah. Did you see the mayor of late? He's got the bags under his eyes. He's lost the swagger. I really think he needs a visit to Jen. He well, really does. I was with him a few Wednesdays ago. I thought he looked good. But, but if you're right. And he is going through some of that. What do you expect? The president of the United States is out to get him. Just ask Rudy Giuliani. Then he's got you yeah, on the sure, most listened sure. to president. radio show in America president five days a wait week. A second. President can't even figure out that his Fine. favorite food Let, is ice cream. Let's throw Biden aside. Yeah. He's got you, this huge, dynamic New York figure. Yes, yes, I'm all over him. On the most listened to show in the world five days a hey, week, kicking look, his ass. He started this. He has drones following me every Wait, rally what do you mean that I he host. He started this. He, he has it's the a, drones it's following not like me. He called you a racist or anything like nah, that. That doesn't mean it's spy versus spy, <laughs> Mad Magazine. We'll see who wins out. But he's got drones. You got actual people. Exactly. His own people. His own people. That's what troubles them is that they eat the Parmesan cheese, they rat him out. So you're having lunch with Fabian Levy today? No, no, Fabian. Are you kidding? Ingrid? Fabian, <laughs> come on! Those are not. That, that's not a good source. I got juice there. Come on, Sid. You know that. Menashe Shapiro. Oh, please. <laughs> he, <laughs> he should take a menorah and impale himself. No, he's a good man. I actually oh, wish yeah. he was coming to Israel. Yeah, right yeah. Not, that's a good Jew right there. Yeah, yeah. He's weak. He's feckless. He'll fold You're like a cheap camera. He's never she. He's schlubby. <laughs> you want to be a real tough Jew, you're dressed for the appropriate visit. Now I'm going to take you on the righteous Gentile tour of Israel now that you're flexing. You must, without a doubt, tell your host there. You must go to Masada. Masada. That's right. Where the Jews held off thousands of Romans who laid siege to Masada. They surrounded that table mountain. They tried to starve out the Jews. They set up the battering rams. Uh, they laid siege to it. It was an incredible long siege. And the brave Jews of Masada, when finally the Romans were right at the, the front step, after they battled them morning, noon, and night, they all collectively committed suicide because they said, no, the Romans will not take us. Hmm. We are going right up to Hashem. And they fought to the last man. Wow. The siege tower, the battering ram, everything you saw in the old movies, you know, with the Romans moving the centurions. 15,000 Romans laid siege to a 1,000 Jews. And the Jews held them off for months. You must go there now. Now, how far is that uh, from Jerusalem? Well, this is what you do. Uh, you head past Jericho, where Yasser Arafat used to have a casino, the Oasis Casino, because he loved Jews' shekels. That shows you what a fake, phony, fraudulent fagazi that Arafat was. He actually opened up a casino that I stopped by on my way to Masada. 
you must, you must go to Masada if there's one place that you go. The toughest well, Jews second, you, in the world. You've given me that's a wonderful story, and uh, you're an amazing guy because I did do the the subway night with you when I first arrived in New York. Uh, just so you know, Sunday, this Sunday, ironically, is my eight year anniversary, my very first show ever with my dear friend Bernard here at WABC, Sunday, eight years. I wasn't even here a month, February of that month. You took me out on the uh, two or three train to the worst parts of Brooklyn. Brownsville. With about five or six other guardian angels. And it was an amazing night for me because at every stop, you had historical facts. And I'm being honest. I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. I, I, I was... It was amazing, uh, but to, to, to hear the you burial ground, the murder incorporated all of your it, people, with the, the bread factory you showed yes, me, yes, Patagonia, yes. But to hear you talk about other places like Israel, oh, I mean, I have to think you're one of the great, and I mean this sincerely. You're a historical genius. No, no, no. I, yes, I, I, Eddie Murphy once called Stevie Wonder a musical genius. You, Curtis Sliwa, you're an historical genius. No, no. The one who's blind here is my husband-in-law, David Patterson. He's the Stevie Wonder of the group. <laughs> Let's get back on track. You will go to Masada. You will see there was only a single pathway up. Okay. Imagine. No, I'm afraid of heights. 15,000 trained Roman centurions took no. on a 1,000 Jews. But I'm not going. Held them off for months. Now. I can't go. I'm afraid of heights. How about? this. All okay. right, so we'll keep you on uh, a flat block. Please, I'm begging you. The Etzion block, which is between Hebron and Jerusalem. Now, what is this called now? The Etzion, E-T-Z-I-O-N block. There are a number of towns there, Gush Etzion, four settlements. When you go there, they have the music of Kfar Etzion. Three days, a few hundred Jews held off trained Jordanian troops who were on their way to Jerusalem. Remember, the Jordanians were trained by the Brits. They were a good army. Men and women, Jews, who knew that they would be slaughtered, but they had to stop the Jordanians because they would have overwhelmed. Remember, there were only 10,000 Jews at that time in Judea and Samaria. People don't realize the odds were tremendous. And when you go to this museum, you see men and women with almost like pre-World War II guns fighting off the Jordanians. The Jordanians eventually overwhelmed them, slaughtered them, disemboweled them, left their remains scattered on the ground, and this became a rallying cry for the Jewish settlers who were still there. Oh, no, you're not going to do to us what you did in Gush Etzion, Kafar Etzion, and the Etzion block. I was there. I saw it. When you go there, you will marvel at how few Jews fended off trained armies, the Egyptians, the Iraqians, and the Jordans. We're not talking terrorists. We're talking professional armies with tanks trained by the Brits to go in and destroy the Jews and the state of Israel. You know, I'm a, um, about as heterosexual as they come. But I remember in the movie Saturday Night Fever, it wasn't Fran Drescher, it was some other fat girl. She said to uh, Travolta, Tony Monero, she said, Tony, I love to watch you dance. And as you went through this whole thing about Masada and that second place, I just stared at you. Nothing sexual. But you're just, you're unbelievable. Could I ask you yes. how you know all this? You've only been there two or three times. How do you know all this about Israel? Because, you see, when I went there, I shut my mouth and I listened and I watched. Because well, I didn't know anything. 
So I went there three times. First, for the 50th anniversary of the State of Israel. That's when I briefly was in Gaza. Oh, my God, you were there for that. Yeah, briefly with Gaza. Well, and was, then, that like, was that a tremendous celebration? Oh, or? it was. It was incredible. And then uh, I basically was passed around, you know, like a baton from up in the Golan Heights down to a lot. Then I went after the second intifada. And let me tell you something, Jews who are listening. Not many of you went after the second intifada that Yasser Arafat called, but a lot of evangelicals went to support the state of Israel. Again, evangelicals are more supportive of the state of Israel than Jews themselves. So why haven't you, because you've made this point about evangelicals for months, and even my wife, Danielle, uh, my beautiful wife, Danielle, agrees with you. Uh, why haven't you booked one for me? Get me one evangelical who's got to be excited about our trip coming up in a couple of days. I will do and that. I'll put him on. I will do that. See, but a guy like Noam Layden is afraid because evangelicals believe on the day of rapture, the final day, when Jesus Christ returns, and it will be to the Holy Land, that they will come to you Jews and say, you got a choice. Either you convert now, or we got to slaughter you. You know, it's, I'm sorry, but that's, that's well, the way. Who believes this? And by by the way, speaking of Nikki Haley, are you a schmuck or you a putz? What are you talking are about? All of your listeners, are all the hosts and hostesses here so stupid they don't see what Nikki Haley is doing Yeah, here? what is she doing? She's embarrassing herself every day like Chris Christie. What is she doing? What, no, what no. amazing thing is she doing besides stealing money first, from first stupid off, donors? First off, you got to yeah. look with peripheral vision. I, I look, I do. And I've been right about everything for eight months. For she's the last, embarrassing right, herself. For the last 72 hours, for the first time, she's gone on record as saying Trump and Biden are the same. Bad for the country. Correct. Right? First time. Equally as bad. Yes. She has always said that there should be an age limit for anybody running for president. She okay. doesn't want anybody over 70 running for president. Right. There is an organization out there. I know them well. I've met with them. They're called No Labels. No Labels. they got a lot of money. They are signing up voters so they can qualify their candidate to run in all 50 states. Isn't that my friend, uh, the Jewish guy from Connecticut, who was the VP choice for... Uh... Yo, Lieberman! Right. Isn't Lieberman the guy that kind of heads that thing? Well, I don't know. He's so constipated. <laughs> yeah. I'm Joe Lieberman. But... I want to start war against everybody with Lindsey Graham and Listen John McCain. No labels is a joke. No, no. Let me no, it's a joke. They, they talked about Joe Manchin. Now I'm hearing no labels... Is talking about RFK. No. RFK's no, a joke. No, no. He's a joke. Trust me. You got to know. I know the people in no labels. All right, go ahead. The group plans to choose a Republican as its presidential nominee. Who's it going to be? Why wouldn't it be Nikki Haley? Oh, great. For good for her. So this is a great thing for her? No, I'm not saying it's great for her. I'm not saying it's great for the country. But don't you understand? This is going to take votes away. Oh, stop it. I'm begging you to stop it. I'm begging you okay. to stop it. Because you don't want to see stop what it. the hell is going on out there. I see what's going on. She can do it. She'll embarrass herself. Nobody takes no labels seriously outside of you and Frank Morano. It ain't going to cost Excuse Trump me, the Sid. presidency. Excuse me, Sid. Yes, if, sir. If it costs yes. a few votes for either candidate, Candidate, yeah, it could it's, end up flipping not, the it's election. It's not going to be that close. I'm, I hate to oh, tell you. Well, okay, predict me now. Uh, what what kind of a blowout Trump, is this going to be? Trump, for Trump wins by about seven points. Seven points. That's right. Are Curtis. you delusional? No. Are you out of your mind? You said the same thing about New Hampshire. He'd win by 40 points. No, right? I said no. I said Nikki would keep it close, but she would lose. Look. That was exactly right. Now he will win South Carolina by 30 points. Why is Kennedy running? 
Because he's a moron. To take votes away he's from He's running because he's bored. He's got money. Why not? Nikki Haley yeah. has big bucks behind Nikki Haley her. is embarrassed. Do they herself. hate Trump, the big bucks guys? Some of them. Okay. A, a very small percentage. No, no. It ain't a Clearly, small percentage. She's lost by 42 the points The country club Republicans Curtis, hate Trump. She lost by 30 points in she's Iowa. She's not going to win the uh, presidency, but she's going to take votes she's away not even in a general be, election. Curtis, she's not even being competitive in the primary. Not even being competitive. You know, competitive. you're so myopic, right? Yeah. You're so, you don't understand the full picture. Yeah. These people hate Trump. Yes, a they few do. They will do anything they yeah, can. Yeah, a few can, sure. To try to make sure that Trump does not get reelected. Good. You have a third-party candidate, yeah. let's say By the way, they tried Halen. that in 2016, too. How did that go? You, you have a candidate. If not for the socialist candidate running then, oh. the Green Party candidate, yeah. Hillary would be president of the United States. Sure. You forget she got yeah. 1% yeah. of the vote. And if I had a vagina, well, you, you I'd acknowledge be Cindy that? Rosenberg and not Sidney right, Rosenberg. But do you acknowledge that? The Green no, Party not, candidate not I, got I mean, 1% uh, of the uh, vote. I mean, here's what I want to That was the differential. Are, uh, you, you went from the, the one of the smartest historical geniuses people I know to sounding like Frank Morano, so like a crazy the person. Why she all of a sudden why in the Wayne why, why case, and Nikki Haley just get out the next uh, the next uh, primary out of a uh, out of a flying saucer that came here from Mars. Did, you're so myopic. You just don't understand the hate that exists out there. Oh, Do I you know. understand? Oh, I know. I deal with it all the time. The general population, yeah. if given a choice of having not Trump or Biden, would want other candidates. Because all you do is you travel in the Trump world. I travel in every world. I travel in the Trump world. I travel in the Biden world. I travel in a world where people are saying, really? It's going to be round two, 2020, where it's going to go back to, wait, it's a blood feud of vendetta? Like this was the godfather? There are a lot of people who are saying, no, even if my vote is a waste. Even it's for Nikki Haley on a on a, uh, a a situation, a third party line, no labels with Joe Manchin, the Democrat as the vice president. If five percent go that way, it could change the outcome of this election. And you're not even open to listening to what she's been saying in the last 72 hours. She is auditioning for the no labels line. She never said this before in the campaign. Only in the last 72 hours that Biden and Trump are exactly the same. Wake up! Curtis is always ahead of the curve. Wake up! Is sit in friends in the morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. You made a fool of me. Nancy Mates, 
about to join us live from South Carolina, where I wish they would send Nikki back to. Nikki Haley, my God, shut up. I'm begging you. Shut up. What do I got to pay Nikki Haley for her to go away? <laughs> but before I get to uh, Nancy Mace and, well, a whole bunch of great guests, George Santos, he's stopping by at 815. He went from federal court to New Hampshire last night and celebrated the Trump victory. George Santos, Peter King, Judge Jeanine Pirro, and Alex Trayman, live from Jerusalem, where we're going on Saturday, all coming up. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. Joe Piscopo wishing Sid Rosenberg the best on his trip to Israel. God bless you, Sidney. I love you, man. You are brave. You are valiant, and God bless on your trip to the Holy Land. Mama, where's your pretty little girl tonight? Trying to run before she can walk. That's right, she's going up. As a young man waiting She's growing up She has a young man waiting oh, I love this guy, the late great Warren Zevon And, you know, we uh, earlier we celebrated Neil Diamond Today is Neil Diamond's birthday, one of the old-time greats So is Warren Zevon, one of the old-time greats I have no idea how old Warren is. He died many years ago. Many years ago, he was a Don Imus favorite. Over 20 years ago. He's already dead over 20. Jeez. I was with you guys. Uh, no, no, it was right before I joined you guys. 2003. How old would uh, Warren have been today? Uh, it comes out... 1,000? 77. <laughs> oh, not that old. So he died. He was only in his 50s, huh? Uh, yes. Jeez. Yeah. A uh, special thanks, Sam, for those uh, well-warm wishes from Joe Piscopo, my man. We, uh, we got a, a great guest list still to come. Curtis was terrific, Curtis Sliwa, but again, still to come, George Santos, Peter King, Judge Janine Pirro, and live in Jerusalem, where will be Monday morning, Alex Trayman. But here's my uh, friend from Congress, love her, out of the great state of South Carolina, Nancy Mace. Nancy, good morning, sweetheart. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. Good morning. What a historic win last night. It was, and uh, I want to get to all of that. I want to get to Trump. I want to get to your friend Nikki. I want to get to South Carolina, your state coming up next, the caucus in Iowa, the primary in New Hampshire. But I want to start with uh, the House. So I had Steve Bannon on Monday. He's on every Monday, and I love him. And uh, he was just kicking the crap out of Speaker Johnson. I mean, <laughs> sounded like he must have been talking about Kevin McCarthy maybe two or three months ago. And he said he's just not tough enough. He's not getting it done. He is he is just absolutely obsessed with getting money for the border. You know, he loves Israel. Like me, he's had enough of Ukraine. Most small people have, by the way. Uh, but he's obsessed with getting money for the border. And if, we, if the House can't do it, 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 like Trump, shut down the government and blah, blah, blah. I know you and I talked about this not that long ago, but the Trump supporters are standing uh, very hard with that stance. What are your thoughts? 
Well, number one, I want to say that every bad deal that Mike Johnson inherited is the fault of the former speaker, and he inherited a nightmare. The second thing that I'm going to say is I've been in private meetings with different factions and corners of the Republican conference in the House and Congress, and no one is more conservative than Mike Johnson. But he is dealing with different groups of people who are unwilling to draw a line in the sand on the border and attach H.R. 2 or border security to appropriations measures, to spending, to CRs, whatever. They just refuse to do it. And we have to take a stand. I agree with Bannon that we've got to take a stand on immigration and the border. And Trump's policies were the best. Hands down, the border was locked down under President Trump. But we're dealing with members in our own party that um, won't push us to the next level, like get us there. And the American people are with us. And even Democrats in New York, Democrats in Chicago, they're angry at Joe Biden over the border. We have a huge opportunity here, but we have members in our own party that will, will stand, are standing in our way. And that is the problem. It's the establishment in D.C. that gets in the way of every good idea that conservatives have. You want to name a couple of names? I'm not naming names. I know. I, I used to do the same people. thing last time I'm you gave me the... meetings with them. <laughs> yeah. I'm, in, I'm in meetings with them. It's largely defense talks yeah. right now. But, yeah. I, you know, my message to leadership has been dare them. You know, call their bluff. Put HR2 on the floor with a CR or with another spending measure and dare those Republicans to go back home and tell them why they voted against HR2. That's what we should be doing. But I'm not in charge <laughs> yeah. I would burn the place down if I were uh, and start over. But yeah. but, uh, but that's you know those are my thoughts. You know the um, the border crisis is ruining this city. You know the mayor Eric Adams yeah. talks about uh, you know immigration how beautiful it is. We were built on that, and all that's true. Sanctuary city. Yeah, but he's a sanctuary city, and they used to do it legally. Ellis Island. You know, so many. My boss John Katzmatidis, he owns this station. Guy's a billionaire, more than one or two times mm-hmm. over. Ran for mayor, sweetest man you ever met. But his family came and they did it legally. This is not immigration. Mm-hmm. So, so what the Democrats do is they go listen. You're all bitching about the border. You're all blaming it on Democrats. Let me tell you something, okay? Yes, maybe when Donald Trump was president, the issue wasn't as bad. But, but, they have not discussed immigration reform for years. So the Democrats have to find a way to blame the Republicans for something. So with this border crisis ruining cities like New York and Texas, uh, cities in Texas, they talk about immigration reform. When you hear that, what do you think? Mass amnesty. That's what they're talking about. They're talking about mass amnesty. They want to give, you know, half of every illegal alien coming across the southern border. They want to give them a visa or citizenship. They also want illegals to vote in elections. They have put this in writing. They put this in legislation, put this in policy. That is their end game to transform this country into something it's never been before. And so it is up to us. It's up to conservatives to stand stand strong. And I'm with the Freedom Caucus on this because they've got some great ideas about attaching H.R. 2. They're willing to make some concessions and vote for a continuing resolution temporarily if we have border security. And, And I'm encouraging all my colleagues to call out those who are standing in our way call their bluff. And uh, we can win on this issue. I think this issue, no pun intended, trumps inflation in the economy in the general election in 24, and maybe even might trump abortion. And so we have a huge opportunity before us to flip the Senate, keep the majority in the House, and put Trump in the White House just over immigration alone. And we have members of our own party 
standing in our way. You know, you mentioned abortion, and when I look back at the lack of success we had, when I say we, I mean Republicans in 22, when my dear friend Jesse Waters was on TV talking about, we're getting 55, we're getting 56, and uh, we didn't. Uh, we did very well in New York. Obviously, guys like Esposito and Lawler and Molinaro and even Santos. Uh, but around the country, we got squashed. We got murdered. Yep. And everybody believes yep. it was because of abortion. And when yes, I go on and on, about, and, and by the way, if you're voting for the president, for the president, about his stance on abortion, you're a moron. Leave that up to the states. The president's job is very simple. Keep your money in your bank account and keep us safe. I'm pro-choice. I'm a pro-choice Republican, okay? I'm okay with abortion, but I'm not going to vote for the president based on that. It's stupid. But people do, and that's how we got hurt. So going into this election, a lot of people do. right? Mm-hmm. So, so, and I know you do. So, what, uh, what is the Republican answer in the presidential election coming up with Donald Trump? Number one, we can't bury our head in the sand, and Trump is right on this. He he got Roe overturned. It's back in the states, but he is willing to build consensus between both sides. He has said this repeatedly on the issue of abortion, and that's where we should be. We we cannot sit here and say no no abortions ever, no exceptions, no birth control, because there's some that that's what their position is, and that is just as untenable as the ones that are pro-Roe v. Wade and pro-abortion up until birth, because that's what Roe v. Wade allowed. And if you hear the president's press secretary, none of these Democrats, nobody on the left wants to tell you what their limitations are. They won't do it because they have no limitations. They're okay with abortion up until the birth of the baby, but most That's people pro-choice or pro, yeah, 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 pro-choice or pro-life. Most people say not in the third trimester. Why What's can't that? we? Why can't we as Republicans say that? But if you say that, then the pro-life groups will come after you. They'll attack you. You get worried about. You're afraid about your primary. I don't get bullied. I'm going to do the right thing. I talk about birth control. I even ran an ad about about rape. I'm a survivor of rape. I talk about it. I talk about the exceptions. I talk about being reasonable and finding common ground. I'm the only Republican that I'm aware of that's ever run an ad about abortion. And I won resoundingly because I wasn't crazy and I was reasonable about it and saying somewhere there is some middle ground and some common sense and we can all get together on this. And that's a winning message, but too many Republicans are afraid to even bring it up. They just want to bury their heads in the sand, turn their backs on women and that is a losing proposition for us in 24. I happen to agree with you. Nancy Mace right here out of South Carolina. We're going to take a short break. When we get back, Nancy Mace, now you've told me, and you're allowed to change it, amend it, you've told me in the past on this show that you're friends with Nikki Haley. You both rear mm-hmm. from the same state, South Carolina. Yet, if you go to Nancy Mace's Twitter or X account this morning, she did endorse somebody in New Hampshire. Was it Nikki Haley? <laughs> You're going to find out. Nancy Mace with Sid coming back. Right into this. Is Sid and friends in the morning. 77 WABC. It's the time of the season when we 
To my friend uh, Nancy Mace out of uh, South Carolina, the great Nancy Mace. So when I left you off, I said, um, you've told me on this show before you're friends with Nikki Haley. So let's start right there. Mm -hmm. Are you still friends with Nikki Haley? I, I am. I mean, I, I am try I am friends with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, but what, what, when was yeah. the last time you had any? Let me ask you this. Did Nikki Haley reach out to you for a for an endorsement? I, I have I have been friends with her for a long time. She's a great governor. She's won a great race. I even reached out to her before I endorsed Donald Trump on Monday. I, I owe that out of respect, and I'm a professional here. Um, but this is bigger than me or Nikki Haley. This is about saving our country and her future. Right, but Nikki, Haley keeps, but Nikki Haley keeps telling all of us that uh, mm -hmm. she's the right one for the job. And, and, and what I'm getting at here is that, if you don't know this, Nancy uh, is friends with Nikki, is in South Carolina, and put out one of the most enthusiastic, not just an endorsement, I mean like a 10-paragraph, beautiful picture of Nancy and <laughs> Trump. letter. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it was the most, <laughs> it was unbelievable. So so Nikki keeps telling all of us, and I'm sorry to say this, if you're friends with her, I can't stand her. I want her to shut up. Go back to South Carolina. God God bless you. She's so delusional. She talks about a coronation. She got her ass kicked in Iowa. She lost by double digits in New Hampshire. She's down by 30 points in South Carolina. What coronation? He's beating her to a pulp, and she keeps telling yeah, me had, and all of us that she's the better choice. How? He had two massive, two massive historic wins back-to-back, -back, not been done before, at least in recent history. He is leading in South Carolina by 30 to 40 points in any given portion of the state in any given poll he is crushing it and i was at trump's headquarters in charleston last night everyone is so excited but this race needs to be over we have got to get to the general election and take on joe biden it does not need to continue in south carolina but my hat's off to nikki haley she made it deep into the playoffs but the playoffs are over it's time to start the super bowl we're running out of time. We've got to beat the heck out of Joe Biden and take our country back. It, our, our children, our grandchildren, our safety, our national security is all depending on it. This is what we've got to do. We've got to unite behind Donald Trump and move this nation forward. You know, just because you used a really, really cute football analogy, and you know I love football. <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. we saw this coming from a mile away. She did not make it deep into the playoffs. She was never competitive. Horror DeSantis, this thing was over nine months ago. These people are crazy. And, you know, they, they after Iowa, they all should have gotten out. Now, two of them did, Vivek and Ron, but she didn't make it anywhere. She's getting killed. Look, she's the last person standing. Because she has money. She made the playoffs. Because she has money. Not because she's running a good campaign, because crazy people, Nancy, are giving her money. Get those people to give you money. <laughs> well, we're going to need it because the establishment's coming after us, by the way. It's nancymace.org, and they are coming after us big time in the Republican primary because the worst thing the establishment wants is a conservative woman like myself right. saying no more to them. 
So yeah, I've changed. You know, it, it, it's funny. I've changed. Uh, and, and you and I become really good friends. And I love you. I really do love you. But um, I bought into Newt Gingrich and uh, uh, was referring to you as one of the traitor eight. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but then I, I, I met. I love you. That's okay. No, I, yeah. I, I love you too. Um, I wasn't mad at you, but I couldn't understand why you did what you did. But then I ended up going to this big thing at Cipriani's for this young Republican club. And you, you saw the pictures of me mm-hmm. and Trump, but at Trump's table was Matt Gates. And I never liked mm-hmm. Matt. I thought Matt has been a troublemaker, selfish, all these things. And then Matt, uh, with his new wife there, she sent the national anthem, was very cute, Ginger. Matt got up there and made this speech, and I didn't like him. I loved him. And I said, now I see why Nancy Mason, Steve Bannon loves him, and Trump loves him. So if all these people love him, I have to love him. So I'm not apologizing necessarily for feeling the way that about McCarthy, but, but there is, there is a method behind your madness, and it does put you in a very delicate position. I agree. No, very delicate. And here's the thing. Like, I want to work with honest and trustworthy people because that, that ship has sailed in D.C. The place is a swamp, and it, it truly, truly is. And it's very difficult to move forward and be honest with the American people. And there's so many people in D.C. lying. At the very least, even if we disagree, honesty and trust and truth has value. And people are angry, and they should be angry at Washington, D.C. They're full of you-know-what up there. And in some cases, Republicans are just as bad as Democrats, whether we're talking about spending, the economy, inflation. Republicans have spent just as much as Democrats have. So we have to have an honest conversation with ourselves about where we stand and put our money where our mouth is. Where is our spine? Go find it. This thing on immigration, this thing on the economy and inflation, eggs are still very expensive. There are endless wars overseas now. And and Biden's gotten us into a proxy war with Iran and tried to give Iran $6 billion in cash just a few months ago. Biden wouldn't rescue our American citizens in Israel. Uh, It's crazy what's going on. He's allowed to happen in none of this. What happened under Donald Trump, love or hate him, it never happened and never would have because our enemies feared him. They're not afraid of Joe Biden. Of all places to clean up your act. You clean it up here. You said spine on this show, but you said balls in uh, the house. <laughs> so, uh, look, it is well known that you didn't always love Donald Trump, that you had some issues with Trump. You guys were good and you weren't good. Now you're good again. I know from me when it was. He had a bad December. I've been over this a billion times. He had a bad December. Kanye West and that Nazi. He didn't know that Nazi, by the way. Um, it was just a bad December. But for me... It was over when he stepped foot in East Palestine, Ohio. That's when I, I remembered what a great American patriot mm-hmm. Donald Trump is. Water there. Yeah, the exactly. Right. Well, yep. while, while Biden was in, in Ukraine, that waste of money with Zelensky. So tell me, when was it, where was it for you that you've come to this new Trump realization? Well, this is bigger than me and Trump. Right? This is this is bigger than, than any of us. This is about the future of our nation. And I spent the last couple of weeks and months talking to voters listening to voters, and he is who they want. And when you see what he's done in Iowa, New Hampshire, what he's doing in South Carolina, it's time to move this party forward and and take on Joe Biden. Too much is at stake, and I think it's selfish for anyone to continue to stay in this race when we have a country to win back. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. Did did you just call your friend Nikki Haley selfish? I'm saying Mm -hmm. the the fact Mm -hmm. that more people are, are running in the primary are included, are staying in. It is selfish. It is delusional. This is, he's winning by 30 to 40 points, and I like her and I respect her. She was a good governor. 
um, you know, all those things. She's been good to me, and I want to respect her as a woman, especially a woman who's broken glass ceilings. But this race is over, and we have got to take on Joe Biden, the progressive left. They want men to be able to punch women in the face in sports. Uh, they want to have these endless proxy wars with terrorists. They're funding terrorism, by the way, by giving humanitarian aid to Palestinians. And they're in this proxy war with Iran. They're allowing Saudi Arabia to fund the Houthis in Yemen, by the way, which no one is talking about. And we've become apologists for these terrorists around the world and give them cash. And we, under Trump, none of this happened. We were all safer. We were more, pro- more prosperous. We were uh, treated better in the workplace. Everything for men and women of all colors and all stripes, life was better. And that's what this is about. And it's about nothing else other than our future and where our nation is headed. And, and we've got to put Donald Trump back in the White House. Boy, that is well said and a perfect way to wrap up this great conversation. Nancy on fire, on fire this morning. The great Nancy Mace out of South Carolina. Thank you, as always, for showing up. This was uh, one of the greats. So thank you very much and enjoy your day. We'll talk soon. And God bless. Thank you, Sid. All right. Take care. Love you. Nancy Mace right there on Sid and Friends in the Morning. And uh, she said it best. Friend of Nikki Haley, friend of Tim Scott in South Carolina. It's selfish. Enough is enough. You sound delusional. You look stupid. Donald Trump, 2024. Say it. Just say it. You'll feel so much better. Oh, yeah. You'll release all the demons, all the anxiety, all the resentment, all the anger. Do it with me. Just say it, Nikki baby. Trump, 2024. Sid and friends in the morning. What you say? He's just a friend. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Oi. Oi. Disgraced Congressman George Santos was in federal court on Long Island. Disgraced and deposed. Dressed in black suede Prada loafers and a Navy designer jacket he claims are not new. George Santos left federal court in a jovial mood. He did not speak to cameras, but had plenty to say in the elevator ride down from the 10th floor. Who are you voting for next month? I'm not voting. I'm not interested. I don't vote for Democrats. A slam against Mozzie Pillip, the Republican nominee who is a registered Democrat. You're not voting for Pillip or Swazi? I'm not voting in the special election. I'm not on the ballot. Santos's legal team has grown. Joining attorney Joseph Murray are two new criminal defense attorneys. The expelled congressman said they worked for him in the past. They are now reviewing the thousands of new discovery documents while remaining in plea talks. His 23 felony charges could mean up to 22 years in federal prison. Don't you know I'll have me a time with a poor man's lady Itching on a twilight train Ain't nothing here that I care to take along Maybe a song To sing when I want Don't need to say please to no man for a happy tune 
myself some Neil Diamond. This is one of his all-time classics, Neil Diamond out of Coney Island. 83 years old today. One of the all-time greats. You know, um, the show's been great. Curtis Sliwa, Nancy Mace. Nancy was really great, but this, um, is it Marshall Kramer from CBS? You know, I've met her a couple of times. One time she was at the um, Columbus Day press conference we had at Chaz Palminteri's restaurant. This is years ago. And then I saw her on the streets. She was out talking to uh, potential voters, and she put me on her Sunday CBS show. And I like Marsha, I do, but sometimes I don't. You know, like, stop calling my friend George Santos disgraced. You're a disgrace. Shut up. Whatever, he got kicked out or whatever. Who cares? God. So that bothers me. And then. They just talk about some Republicans. You know, they try so hard. They try so hard to act like they're somewhere down the middle, but they, you know, they expose themselves all the time. So, yes, Santos, he's not going to jail for one day, let alone 22 years. And if he does, he'll go. So what? None of your business. Lou, will you go visit George Santos if he goes to jail? I'll go, um... It depends on what the bakeries are offering. <laughs> yeah, uh, true. I look. I really love when you have the uh, imaginary fights with people. I, it's myself. One yeah. of my favorite things on the show. Yeah. I like it because yeah. it kind of prepares people, and then they I'm know fine. what I'm to crazy. expect. I'm crazy. I understand. I'm crazy. I, but uh, I'm fighting I, with myself. I is guess, what I'm doing. I guess I should have just went right to that. <laughs> You're crazy. Yeah. yeah. So George said, "I'm not voting for Mozzie Pillip. This is such a great hour because you go from George Santos to Peter King." Peter is like, he doesn't want to hear that. Told him, I told him there are people out there that are not going to vote for Mozzie that are Republicans because she's still a registered Democrat, other than George Santos. George, good morning, buddy. How are you? Good morning, Sid. Thanks for having me back. So it was good to be here with you. And I don't think you're crazy. <laughs> well, but you're crazy. So what does that say for me? Well, there you go. I guess, I guess, I guess somebody, somebody has to arbitrate this one for us. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, Trump has these crazy days where he's in court in New York for that civil trial, Eugene Carroll or the criminal Alvin Bragg trial. Then he ends up in Iowa or New Hampshire. You, George Santos, you had a very Trumpian day yesterday, starting the day in federal court. And then very visibly waving a banner in New Hampshire when they announced Donald Trump had won. It's a long day, huh? You know, uh, Sid, I've been a Trumper since 2015. The moment that man came down the stairs. Uh, uh, Andrew Giuliani said that's not true. Well, Andrew Giuliani is full of crap, and we all know that. You know, look, Andrew Giuliani was just at an event with me the other day. I stared him down, and he went to the opposite side of the room because it's just Andrew. You know, like, I have nothing. I have no animosity towards him. You know, Andrew likes to talk, but, you know, the receipts are there. I've been with Trump since 2015. I'm going to go come hell or high water and be on Trump's corner. It's always been my M.O., and I'm not going to change that. And what a thrill to be in the room yesterday and just have fun campaigning. 
Sid, I went through a year last year, and I forgot the joys of campaigning, of being in a room with people, the grassroots folks, and just getting the energy and, and thriving off of that energy. And what a great time was it for the president. What a great landslide, double-digit victory against Nikki Haley in this primary. You know, Nancy Mace, I was just hearing you talk, so she said something so true. It's, it's over. The, you know, it's it's over. Let's just move into the general. We need to take on Joe Biden. And the sooner we do that, the quicker we can draw parallels to contrast a president who actually had four years of prosperity for the American people versus a president who has taken us into new wars, continues to spend our money on conflicts abroad while completely allowing our sovereignty to be incurred upon at least 10 million times in the last three years, Sid. This is literally the contrast we're drawing. The parallels couldn't be clearer. We were far better off with President Trump than we will ever be with Joe Biden, whether it's another four years or with or whether it's the last three years. The Obama extension of his presidency has overstayed its welcome, much like Michael Bloomberg's third term as mayor of New York City. Now, that is a well, well said, George Santos, as Mike Breen would say from way downtown. That would be more valuable. I forget. Um, I, I want to get back to Trump for a second. Uh, there are other people that have told me that um, it's nice that Santos loves Trump. He's there, but Trump, but Trump hates him. Uh, he won't let him go to uh, New Jersey, for example. There have been events when Trump found out Santos was coming. Trump said, no, 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 he can't come. So um, can you deny that? Does Trump talk to you? That's Does Trump? Yeah, I, I've been to Bedminster many times. I've been to Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, but, 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 but wait, 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 wait. What about what about since the indictment? I was in Bedminster in, in the year of 2023. In the first quarter, there was an event there. I went. I was there. Nobody ever ever barred me from going. I was there last night. I've never been barred from a Trump property. I actually stay at Trump properties when I travel. So. I, I don't know where this is coming from. This is Andrew Giuliani talking. Andrew Giuliani's back. I know where it's coming from for Houston. Now, Andrew can't corroborate that into facts or receipts. I talked to a bunch of people on the Trump campaign. Now, whether Trump likes me or not, I don't know that to be true. Okay, but you like him, and uh, and, and you were there last night, and if he really, really, really disliked you, and they would have kicked out. removed from the event. Right, okay. It's, uh, not like they're, it's not like the campaign isn't known for removing people they don't want in, an, <laughs> in the vicinity. That's right. I mean, let, let's be honest about this. This is an honest conversation. It's not right. like they're not known for removing people they don't yeah, like that's true. out of the vicinity. That is true, George. Can't argue that, George Siddles. George, let me get to this uh, special election. And, and, again, there was no audio of this, so I have to believe that Marshall Kramer was telling the truth that you said in the elevator about Mozzie Pillip. And let me just say this, whether you said it or not, you're not alone. And I keep yelling at Peter King, who's about to join me momentarily every week, that it doesn't matter whether she caucuses with Republicans, votes Republican. There is a percentage of Republican voters who I speak to on Long Island that will not vote for her until she re-registers as a Republican. And he yells at me like it's my fault, Peter. But did you or did you not say the same thing yesterday that uh, you won't vote because you don't vote for, quote, unquote, Democrats? I am a registered Republican since I'm 18. I do not 
cast ballots for registered Democrats. That is my longstanding stance. I understand that for local politics, it's convenient to have these gimmicks and run people on Wilson Pakula. For those who don't know what that is, it's when you can run a a person of a deferring registration uh, on a different party line in the state of New York. But why why do do they do that? Somebody told me, and it's not Andrew Giuliani, that you end up getting money from everybody. It's it, 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 it's not even that. That's not true. You see, Andrew doesn't know a thing. Or a, a no, that that wasn't Andrew. That, that wasn't Andrew. That wasn't Andrew. Oh, okay. Because okay. okay. uh, here's the deal. It, that's not it. Not in this case. In this case, it's it's to pander and to be gimmicky for you know Democrats and independents. Although, look at this person. She's a moderate. Whatever. Look, Mozzie's a great lady. I've I've gotten to know Mozzie in the past. I have not spoken to Mozzie in the last year. But I'll say this: she's a nice person. I, uh, at face value. She's a good woman. She's a woman of faith. She has a beautiful family. God bless her. I'm not voting to send a registered Democrat to occupy a Republican seat in Washington, D.C., where the vitriol and the rhetoric is true, where party line matters, and when the dominoes shift and fall, I want to know where she's going to fall. Now, for Peter King, it's easy. Peter King was never, he was barely a Republican when he was in the House. We had to endure Peter King's voting record for decades, and God bless him, he did it masterfully. No one else can be Peter King. Peter King was special. He was a political genius. I have all the respect for his ability to work that. But that's just not the political landscape in 2024. You want to go to Washington, D.C., you pick a team. This whole nonsense of I'm a registered this running on that line, it's not going to fly for me. I'm not here to anti. I'm not here to campaign against her. But yesterday, for the first time, when I was posed the question, will you be voting in the special election? I said, no. I will not, and I stand by that, and I will not vote because there is no Republican yeah. on the ballot. Well, unfortunately, like I said, you're not alone, and we need to win this. And, uh, you know, it makes me wonder why Cairo and King, who I, who I love both of those guys and respect both of those guys, why they would allow this to happen, because if we lose a couple of votes because of what you're talking about, she could lose. I mean, Swazi could beat her. It's that close. And uh, and you're not arguing whether or not she's a great uh, talent. You, you think she is, right? I mean, like you said, wonderful lady, great family, served in the IDF, pro-Israel. Her husband's Ukrainian. She told me I want the money to go to Israel. That took balls. I love that. But you're saying, and I think you're right, she could lose votes. She checks every single box that I would like in a candidate with the exception that she lied to us, that she said she would re-register as a Republican after she won, and it's been two years and she hasn't done it. So in in, 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 in in lieu of being honest and transparent, because that's what everybody dinged me for, how about that one? Because she made that promise yeah. she would re-register as a Republican after she won, and she didn't do it, and it's been two years now. Well, that does beg the big question, George. You're always honest with me, okay? I mean, you're kind of honest about the Baruthian, but who cares? Uh, <laughs> and that is... If, that's in the past, Right, Ed. I don't care about that. That's why you're here today. If Mozzie is not successful against this uh, creep Swazi. I mean, I, nice enough guy when he talks to you, but he's, he is so full of it, he, he, it's insulting. So she loses to Swazi. Could that mean, could it mean the triumphant return in June of one George Arthur Santos? You see, Sid, if you liked me, 
Really, truly, you didn't wish that upon me. <laughs> no, I do. I do like. No, no, I do like you, and I would hope you wouldn't do it. But I have to. Be, but there are people out there who actually miss you. They want you to do it. Well, they miss me because I was actually conservative. You can, you can dock, you can say whatever you want about me, Sid. I never, never sidestepped a single campaign promise. I did exactly what I said I was going to do. I voted exactly how I said I was going to vote. I kept every political commitment I've ever made in my life. On my voting record, and I and here look the every study that comes out of the voting record of every politician in the House from 2023, I keep getting A pluses all across the board. The most conservative member from the New York delegation. All of these guys that have started to endorse Trump started to endorse Trump because he won Iowa. Loader ran and ju- jumped on that. Yesterday, Trump wins uh, uh, New Hampshire. Brandon Williams goes and jumps on it. They're all Monday morning quarterbacks, and I cannot stand this. I've been with Trump since day one. I will die underwater for Trump because he is the only man that can put our country forward. Agreed, but Andrew Giuliani said that's not true. Uh, Finally... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Andrew Giuliani is not the arbitrator of truth, and, and don't get me into it. All right, let, let me ask you, no, it's fine. you keep saying that you've been there since day one. He's so adamant you weren't. I, I believe you, by the way. Um, not that I don't believe Andrew. I love him like a brother, but I believe you. So uh, tell me in court yesterday, because this is serious stuff. Oh, you know, we like to joke around. You've got a great sense of humor. I enjoy you. I really do. And I did love your voting record. Always voted America. Always voted Israel. Never had to worry about George Santos when you were serving in that capacity. But this is serious stuff. You know, as you heard Marshall mention, 23 counts, possibility of a 22-year prison stay. So that court day yesterday, what did that feel like? Do you feel like, George, when it's all said and done, you really will be vindicated here and and maybe return to politics one day? How did yesterday feel? You know, Sid, it's just yesterday was another part of the process. We're moving forward, uh, and, you know, we're we're just doing what i got to do. As everybody reported, I beefed up my legal team. I have two new attorneys who joined, and now apparently people want to pay attention to my fashion uh, choices when I go to court. <laughs> I, I Look, the coat, you know what's the most annoying part? The coat I was wearing yesterday. It is a Prada coat that I've owned since 2016, and I've been photographed with it multiple times throughout the years, but all of a sudden now it is a big Deal. Yeah. Well, that's like, because that's because Andrew Giuliani said you bought it in 2022. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, <laughs> look. <laughs> look. So you've had that you've had that coat for eight years. By the way, I thought you looked very, very handsome. What does Marsha Kramer care? I love Marsha. Look, Marsha has to sell. It's CBS. I love. I adore Marsha Kramer. She has to go into that corporate news media. Look, it's CBS. If she doesn't speak a certain way, they'll nix her and put somebody, you know, a quarter of her age to replace her. They don't care. You're right. You're right. If she doesn't speak and fall in line to the corporatism yep. of CBS, they will replace her with somebody a quarter of her age. It's true. And that's it. And it's, they move right past it. No, you're so right about that. I mean, we're not that far removed from that uh, case at New York One, which is just completely. A complete liberal trash. Anybody who employs Errol Lewis should be out of business. But they did that. Remember, they had all those fine uh, older ladies, the veteran uh, uh, broadcasters, and all these uh, good-looking chicks started coming up, like Shannon Ferry and the rest of them, and they started firing everybody. 
it's amazing. I, I forgot the name of that one uh, uh, very mature, tenured and seasoned reporter, the Asian Ro- one. That oh, was Roma. On oh, oh, yeah, the Asian one, because Roma was the other lady, but yeah. I, I, grew, I grew up watching her on New York One. I remember she was <laughs> the first thing I turned on TV, because I come from a time where you'd get the weather from Channel One, right? You turn on the TV, oh, God, it's 60 degrees out, it's 40 yeah. degrees out. That's, yeah. I grew up in that time, and yeah. it's crazy. You All right, right? So, so in the final 15 seconds, and you got to keep coming back, because you're great every time. I mean that, George. In the final 15 seconds, as I've said once or twice during this conversation, a guy that you are very complimentary to, very. Peter King is coming up next. What is your message, George Santos, to King, who is listening to this as we speak and coming up next? I think Peter King served his country honorably, but I think it's time he hang it up because there is no space for anti-Trump sentiment in the Republican Party. And that, unfortunately, is what, regrettably so, Peter King represents. And I think he should step aside and let people who get it get with it and move forward. Respectfully, thank you for your service, Mr. King. You served your country honorably, but it's time you hang it up. All right, Peter King will come back with his uh, his response. I believe her name is Vivian Lee. Is that right? Is that the lady you're talking about? Yes, Vivian right. Lee. Well, come on, she she's an icon. What she is? There was dirty. So George, dirty, dirty, dirty. She was great. So George Santos ends his conversation with a silo, a rocket directed right at Peter King. And the beauty is, Peter King is coming up next. What will be Peter King's response? (laughs) George, you're great, man. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. What will Peter King's response be to Santos who said, and I quote, Hey, Peter, baby, you were great, but it's time to hang it up. We'll find out. Peter King is coming up. Says she loves me, yes, yes she does Gonna show me tonight, yeah hey, She got the way to move me, Jerry She got the way to move me She got the way to move me, Jerry, baby She got the way to move me All right WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. All right, Peter King is coming up next. He's a classy guy. I'm sure he's going to be like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't, but, but he has to because the Democrat registration is going to lose this if she loses. If she wins, great. I want Mozzie Pillip to win just as much as I want Trump to win. I can't afford to lose a seat in the House. But if she loses, that's going to be the reason why. I'm telling you, folks. I hear it every day, not just George Santos. From everyday people living in Nassau County, they just won't vote. They're not going to vote for Swazi, but they're not going to vote. So um, we're going to talk to Peter King. My man, he cool with me. He cool. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Ah, some more Warren Zevon for you. Today, Warren Zevon's birthday. He's been dead for over 20 years. 
Would you say, Lewis, he'd be 77 today? Se- yes, that's right. He died right. at 56. Yeah, I think so. It was a great song, too, Warren Zevon. Great show, too. Curtis Sleeva was here. Nancy Mace. And I just hung up with George Santos. Santos, one hand, he complimented Peter King, said he was masterful. And then he took a bunch of shots. <laughs> so Joseph Abood just sent me a text. He said, you know, I was about to hop in the shower, but not now. <laughs> Everybody wants to hear what King is going to say. So my hope is is that King doesn't come on because King's got a fiery temper. Him and I have had a million fights on this show, and it's gotten ugly. We love each other, but it's gotten ugly. I hope he doesn't come on and give me the old, nah, I'm not going to bother with him. I want him to get pissed. So here he is, the great congressman. My friend Pete King. Peter, good morning. Good morning. First, on a uh, lighter note, Monica Allen of Duzamax is mad at me because you gave her a shout-out last week, and I didn't. So <laughs> I'm giving it to her now. Let me tell you something. You she know? used to love me when I would come on that show, her, her television show. I am I am persona non grata. Peter King is now the news. They love you over there, Monica. They all love you, so, which is great because I love you, too. So I ended the, the Santos conversation yeah. with, what is your message for King? And um, we'll get to Mozzie in a moment. And he said, well, my message is, get out of the way. Step down. Stop talking. This is not the time for the anti-Trump sentiment. Now, I'm going to say this in your defense. You've never been anti-Trump. Like, you, you I guess because... You know, you're talking about Haley and he can't vote for him. But you've always said in your defense that if he wins the primary, which he won eight months ago, by the way, that you would vote for Trump. So, I mean, you've been kind of a little down on him, obviously, but you never turned your back on him in your defense, right? Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, I have said all along that if Donald Trump is a nominee, I will support him. When I was in Congress, I don't know if anyone who supported him more than I did and the whole Russia collusion in fact, you can talk to Don Jr. and you can talk to other people. Well, they, I was on the Intelligence Committee and they were holding those hearings that went into late into the night. Sometimes I was the only Republican still there defending them. And I thought uh, the whole Russia collusion thing was a disgrace. On the impeachment, I spoke forcefully on the House floor against it. So, no, on uh, almost every key issue. And then also Donald Trump, we brought him in. Or he came into Long Island and basically put the hold on MS-13. So, no, we had a very good working relationship when uh, there was illness in my family. He personally called my daughter, spoke to her on the phone, said, you find any doctors for her? No, I do have questions about certain things he said uh, lately, uh, not lately, but certainly since January 6th, not as far as voting for him in the end for president, but things he has to address. And because right, you know, right now, I mean, Joe Biden is the most unpopular president ever, and yet he and Trump are basically running even with Donald Trump slightly ahead. He's got to reach out to independents. I'm not to say change his views. His views are fine, but he has to reach out. We have to reach out, go beyond himself, and go beyond his own echo chamber. And if he does that, he's going to win in November. If not, it's, we could be stuck with Joe Biden again. Boy, that is a very calm, collective Peter King. Um, I just got a text from a mutual friend, Anthony D'Esposito, who said that uh, you were fired up last night at a Mazi event. We'll get to that. So, um, so, when, so when Santos says you're, you're anti-Trump sentiment, he's just wrong, right? That's it. He's wrong. Yeah, he is. Listen, I, I don't want to get into it with Santos. And, again, yeah, you have him on your show. That's up to you. I don't want to give him oxygen. I mean, he, obviously, yeah, he's a psychopath. Uh, I mean, he lied about everything in his entire life. And I'm serious. So I'm, I'm, I'm not going to punch down. I'm not going to get involved. As you know, I love a fight. I'll fight with anybody. I'd fight with you. I'd fight with Bernie when he used to be around. Yep. He's a great friend. Yep, yep. I'd even fight with, uh, I don't know, you know probably Ella, too, because he could be annoying. <laughs> yeah, but Trump. But, uh, 
But but I'm going to say this, uh, and that's fine. What, what you're saying is fine, and you certainly earned the right to say that. But one of his points is the same point I've been making, and you get mad at me. I don't know why you get mad at me, but it's a it's a valid point. And and I love Mozzie. You know, IDF, Jewish, she's been on this show. She was a great interview. All the events you do with her, she's great. I don't know anybody that doesn't like her, anybody. But I'm telling you, this is a fact. I have people in Nassau County that listen to this show that will not vote for her. Now, they're not going to vote for Swazi, but they're staying home because she's still a registered Democrat. And this is not going to be a blowout one way or the other. It's going to be a very, very, very close race. So if a bunch of those people stay home because of that, whether you want to accept it or not, it's a fact, that's going to hurt us. So he did make that point, and I agree with him. Why are we still dealing with that now, just a couple of weeks before this special election? Yeah, okay, now there's several reasons there. First of all, no one's ever raised that point before. I don't know why it keeps getting oxygen, but Joe Cairo is probably the best political leader in the country. His record has shown that. They have looked into this issue. First of all, it was never an issue before. December of this year. She wasn't uh, uh, chosen as our candidate till December 15th. Lawyers in the uh, county committee who worked for the county committee, their concern is if she had changed her registration now uh, and we gave her the, uh, the endorsement as Republican, as Republican, there could be a lawsuit to knock her off the ballot saying if she didn't change in time. If, she, uh, if we did endorse her as a, uh, a Democrat, given what's called you know, uh, uh, the Wilson Pecula, and then she changed, and they'd say she can go off the ballot. We didn't want to get involved in a legal lawsuit on a frivolous matter when you only have three or four weeks of campaign. That's what it's all about. This would be a side issue. We don't have to be tied up in court and run the risk of having the Board of Elections and the courts put this on hold. So that's basically the reason she is going to switch after the election, once she's elected. But I would just say to anyone listening to this, if you agree with a person on every issue involving the future and survival of this country, and you would not come out and vote for her because of what her party registration is, that to me is the ultimate and really uh, stupidity. I hate to use any other term. I mean, why that would matter when you look at her record, her life record, and her record in politics, a record in government. She never endorsed the Democrat, never worked with the Democrats. She came over, and her whole community, they all basically registered as Democrats. They, they used to vote in Democratic primaries to get more conservative candidates. By the way, Dove Hyken used to do. But the fact is that uh, she is going to change her registration. She's running as Republican, running as a conservative. She's done it now. This will be the third time she's done it. So to me, I would say let's put the issues to the side. Uh, but again, Joe Cairo gave it serious thought, sat down with Mozzie. But the lawyers said there was a split among the lawyers whether or not this would bring about needless litigation. They didn't want to get into it. All right. Well, I can tell you this. Even though I agree with Santos, and I brought it up before George even did, that it will be an issue, despite what Cairo and these other people say. If I lived in Nassau County, I'd be voting for Mozzie Pillow. Let's take a short break. When we get back... You know, again, I'm sorry. Do we want to be involved in litigation for the four weeks before the... Uh, no, that's fair. That's fair. that's fair. That's fair. By the way, I've never heard that explanation, so well, I'm glad you just said that. Yourself. I mean, I see you, you're causing this weak in our case. Now I have to go on and say we're worried about these lawsuits. Right. We're hoping people will put that issue aside. Right. But because it keeps being raised, not, you know, now we have to address it and serve it on purpose. All right, fair enough. Let's take a short break, and let's come back and discuss some of these events. And one, Peter... Were you with my friend Vicky Palladino and things got ugly? Another major problem here in New York City. We'll spend some more time with the great Peter King coming back after this. He's just an excitable boy. 
seven WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Oh, I get by with a little help from my friends. Let's get back to the great congressman, my dear friend Pete King. And he told you why they have not, um, well, made a bigger deal out of the whole registration thing for Pillip. And, uh, you know, I follow you on social media, Pete. You're great, and I love when you put up stuff with you and I every Wednesday. It's a lot of fun. And lately, uh, it seems like you've been going to a lot of events, including one last night where Anthony Desposito texted me moments ago and said Pete King was fired up. Do you find that uh, the enthusiasm at these events for Pillip is uh, is good enough for her to win? I, I, I certainly don't. Listen, it's going to be a tough race, but how you look at it, I mean, the uh, WPIX poll had Swazi ahead, I think, 45-42. The good part about that is, though, Swazi is basically the incumbent. And if you're under 50% as the uh, incumbent, and the people know you all these years, and you still can't, can't get half the people to come out for you, then it's really up, up, up to Margie to win it. So she can win it. And you mentioned Vicky Palladino before. She is a phenomenal help on this. Uh, I've been yeah. twice at her club, the White Song Club. We had an event there last week where Joe Cairo and Vicky uh, uh, co-hosted it. It was phenomenal. Vicky came out to an asshole last night. She spoke. She stole the show. I mean, Anthony says, I gave a good speech. Uh, Vicky put the place on fire. Anthony was pretty good himself. I mean, uh, he took a little shot at me for being the Irish guy. That's a pretty good trio, you, Vicky, and uh, Anthony. So on the way out in the final 60 seconds, that event at Whitestone, if I remember correctly, was that not the event where these pro-Palestinians actually uh, basically stopped the whole thing, yes? Yeah, that was one of the largest crowds I've seen. There was Nassau, Queens was there. Uh, everyone was packed in. Uh, uh, but three or four of us spoke. The Mazi was giving the main speech, and suddenly, every two or three minutes, people who were su- situated around the crowd got up and started heckling her, yelling about Palestinians, yelling about uh, Israel. And uh, I tell you, you know, Vicky's people were good. They gave these people a bum's rush out the door. But, I mean, they were disrupting it. They were really trying to disrupt the meeting. And uh, I haven't seen that at political meetings here in New York. So that's a bad trend that's starting. Uh, but again, having those people out in the streets where they are demonstrating for Hamas, demonstrating against Israel, being anti-Semitic, we saw it front and center that night at the event. Uh, Vicky was great. She got it under control. The people rallied behind Mazi. That's what we're up against. Oh, let me just say, you go to Israel. I've been there a number of times. Said it's going to mean so much to you. I'm Christian, and it meant so much to me. I can imagine what it's going to mean for you. I was over there during the Gaza War in 2014 with David Patterson, and uh, it's a very moving how those people live, I'm talking about the uh, Israelis, how yeah. they live every day under that pressure, because there's never really peace there. Right. And they know at any moment they're within just a, uh, you know, moments away from being hit with a rocket. I mean, yeah. it's really a, it's a devastating way to, to live. They do it. They're tough. I mean, think of all the people, all the stuff that we complain about here in this country, about petty stuff, uh, and what Israelis have to live under day in and day out. It's really a testament to the human spirit and to courage. That is nicely said, Peter, and that's why I'm going. People say to me, why now? You know, people said to me, you're nuts. Be careful. I wouldn't go now. I go, that's exactly why I'm going. I mean, there was a terrorist attack. Civilians murdered at a bus stop literally two miles away from my hotel. But I feel like if I don't go now, it's a wasted opportunity to be there when those people need me and us the most. So thank you for that uh, for that kind message. Thank you for another great appearance, Peter. I love you. And we will do this from Israel. Coming up next Wednesday. Okay, pal, thank you so much. Good luck. Thank you, Pete. Pete King, right there on Sitting Friends in the Morning, wrapping up our number Treo. 
sets up a big hour number four. We're going to go live to Israel this hour. We're doing our shows live from JNS Studios in Jerusalem. And their best correspondent, the man that runs those studios, who's been on with us a lot since October the 7th, Alex Trayman, will join us late in the 9 o'clock hour. But first, right after the news, here every Wednesday, the great one. Yes, Mark Levin. Mark Levin is the great one on the male side. Judge Janine Pirro is the great one on the female side. Big star on Fox and right here at WABC. I love her. Judge Janine Pirro at the Gnome with the news. Go see the Doobie Brothers in August. Sitting friends in the morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Boy, Toto was so good, man. The greatest hits album is like Journey. So here's the email I got moments ago. It says, hey, Sid, Josh Haston here. It says, I'm the spokesperson for the Jewish communities of, and I don't know if you know this place, uh, Justin, Gush Etzion. Does that sound familiar to you, Gush Etzion? Nope. Noam, do you know that place? Noam Laden, Gush or Gush Etzion. Gush Etzion, he said. Yeah, does that sound familiar, you know him? Yes. That oh, does sound okay. familiar. Mm-hmm. No, do you know it? Seriously. What's that? Do you know it? Janina's calling. Gush Etzion. You yeah. know it? Yeah, of course. All right. Of course. So it's a big deal. Okay. Yeah. So this guy, Josh Haston, says, I'm the spokesperson for the Jewish communities of Gush Etzion, Israel, which he says is near Jerusalem. He's right, right, no? The, it, right. It's uh, right outside Jerusalem. There correct. you go. Since I've also been a talk radio host, you know he's horrible, by the way, a uh, talk radio host. What's his name? His name is Josh Haston. Hmm, okay. Talk radio host and podcaster for 17 years. Sweet guy. He goes, I understand your show is coming to Israel next week, and we'd love to give Sid and company a meaningful experience in Gush Etzion. What do they have there? They have uh, it's a, they com- it's a community of um, Israelis. That's, they have know. a strip club for uh, Justin? I, no, they definitely don't have a strip oh, club. There. I, know where, I know where to find those. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Do you really? Seriously? Yeah. You yeah, so... I think they go to Justin's clubs. <laughs> Bro, we're going to kibbutzes where they kill little kids. Or... 
We're going to the Wailing Wall. You can't be going to strip clubs in Jerusalem, yeah, bro. That's what he's thinking. Who's, of, who right? says? Literally, who says? No, you're right. Your nights are yours, bro. Do what you want. (laughs) (laughs) Son of a bitch. He goes, I'm happy to help make arrangements and plan some time in the gush on behalf of our mayor. They have like a mayor Giuliani in Gush Etzion. Yeah. Or maybe more like a Marion Barry. I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, she's the star of the five as far as I'm concerned. There's a great show on Sundays here at ABC, and every red-blooded American male has a crush on her. Where's Justin? Who's he supposed to be? (laughs) Going to show up with some Palestinian stripper. Uh, Hey, Janine Pirro. Janine, good morning. How are you? Oh, I'm so disappointed in you, Sid. The thought of you at a strip club is shocking. <laughs> Not me. No, I'm, I'm, take, I'm a happily married man. My wife is coming, yeah, my kids. Yeah, yeah, All you guys are happily married. You all go to strip clubs. Nah, you're right about that. Talking to me, Sid. <laughs> yeah. Talking to me. <laughs> but this trip I'm taking seriously. I keep telling, you know, we're going to do some sites like the Wailing Wall. Nice things, obviously. But uh, yeah. this is a business trip for me. And, and, uh, and at the very same time, a very emotional trip because I do plan on going down you know, to the south where all those atrocities took place, and mm-hmm. I want to see those firsthand. And um, so, no, this is not a trip for fun. I was telling the guys here, first of all, the weather's cold. It's like 52 for a high and 40 for a low. It's going to mm-hmm. rain five of the seven days. So this is not Vegas at the Super Bowl coming up in three weeks. Well, look, you don't have to, you don't have to explain anything. The truth is your passion, your energy, uh, and your and your total dedication to Israel will, you know, keep you very busy. I mean, there's a lot to see there, as you well know. And, you know, there's a lot to, to uh, you know, to try to understand in terms of what happened before you got there. I don't think I've ever been to Israel when there wasn't some rocket coming overhead or there was wow. a problem somewhere. Well, well how did you, uh, well, how did, but I know you're a tough uh, girl. I, I get it. But, I mean, seriously, when there's a rocket overhead, how did you react to that? Uh, well, they, they were talking about what kind of rocket it was, Katusha or something. I forget. It was like, hey, if it's your time, it's your time. I mean, don't panic. You know, it doesn't bother me at all. And look, I put people in jail for 30 years. I investigated them, arrested them, prosecuted them, then sentenced them. There's a whole line out there. So, I mean, look, the end comes sooner or later for all of us. But I think Israel and I think your trip there is an important one because you will be able to see firsthand how vulnerable they are how the people living in the kibbutzes are simply trying to live out a peaceful existence and to be raped and tortured and massacred in such a barbaric way is, you know, beyond the thought of, of anyone who is human. And, you know, there's talk of some of them being on drugs to be able to carry out yeah. that kind of crime. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you go there and, you know, you what you do, Sid, is you come back and you let the people know that Israel, you know, is a democracy. It is our one true ally in the Middle East. And that ally and the cultivation for more allies was was uh, planted by Donald Trump. And right now it's about Iran saying we don't want any peace in the Middle East. And, you know, we've got to deal with Iran sooner or later. You know, the Houthis, the Hamas, the Hezbollah, the Palestinian Islamic Jihad, you know, we've got to deal with it or it's never going to end. Well, you just put it so well in that this is not just about the Jewish people or about Israel. There's a part of Sid Rosenberg that is going here to tell folks about America because for some reason, stupid Americans think this is about the Jews and Israel. No, no, folks, they've got American hostages, and and it is your government, 
many of you, over 80 million, that voted, if that's a real number, for Joe Biden, who has enriched, enriched Iran, not in one, but two different administrations, enabling them, enabling them to commit these horrible crimes, Hamas and Hezbollah and the rest of these people. So this is a learning experience, not just for the Jews in Israel, but Americans who should know better. Well, you know, they don't know better because a lot, I mean, and, and I take that back. I mean, many Americans know better, but there are a lot of people who simply say, hey, Joe Biden, look at the hits he's taking from the Arab community because he's supporting uh, Israel. The truth is he's not. He's got a schizophrenic approach where he's allowing Israel to sell uh, uh, Hamas and Iran, I should say, to sell oil on the open market. He's giving them billions of dollars. Look, it started with Obama with the pallets of cash at night and the unmarked planes and all that other stuff. I remember Obama sending love letters to the the Ayatollah when they walked away from the talks. And, and, And at the time of these talks, they were still spinning uh, the centrifuges and uranium. So, uh, come on. You know, there is something called a tekiya, as I recall, and I may be pronouncing it improperly, where it is – they promote lies. And yeah. they do it in a way where you try to you try to get people to believe you, and Americans are believing people. So, look, your trip is going to be an important trip, and I think that uh, you're going to come back and, and wisen us all up in the end but what you're going to come back to is the same america with uh you know joe biden just <laughs> no i know but but you know what but, but now i've got hope a year ago at this time i was in despair last december when trump had a horrible month i'm going to rip up the constitution he had those crazy selling cards uh, you know trading cards he the dinner with kanye west NFT, uh, it right. was terrible but then he went yeah. to East Palestine, then he got indicted, and now it's all gone well. So now I've got hope. He's going to win. I'm serious. That, that's what it was. But then you get this, you know, he used to like Nikki Haley. And even when she stabbed Trump in the back, which she did, she walked out on Trump. She said bad things about him back then. But I still, there was still, I gave her the benefit of the doubt. She is such a maniac. There, there we go again. The dogs, a crazy person. Talking about coronations. What coronation? She just got killed in a caucus and a primary. How was that a coronation? Look, look, you know, Nikki Haley's got to learn to understand and read the tea leaves a little better. Let me explain why. The truth is that in, uh, uh, in, uh, where are we? New Hampshire, 40% of the, uh, vote was independent. The independents can vote Democrat or Republican. So let's assume that I'm an independent who leans Democrat. I'm not going to vote for Joe Biden in New Hampshire. I'm going to vote for Nikki Haley just to mess up, just to make sure Trump doesn't make it. So those numbers aren't as real as she thinks they are. Those are independents who in this particular primary were allowed to vote for the uh, uh, a Republican. Well, let me stop you for one second. Even if those numbers are real, and she's right about that, this is the only state you can do that. This is her only opportunity. It's not like the next 10 states, South Carolina, she can reap those benefits, too. So who cares? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I agree with you. And in the end, uh, she's going to get her, her, her hat handed to her in, uh, in South Carolina because that's her own home state. The governor, the lieutenant governor, the senators, the congresspeople, they're all supporting her. She's 30 points behind Trump. 
so, uh, you know, she's going to get, you know, yeah. a, a real reading of what's going well, on. Well, by the way, not, not, not every politician. I just had Nancy Mace on this show literally two hours ago. She's not only endorsing Trump. She's enthusiastically endorsing Trump. She's from South Carolina. And Kim Scott also endorsing Trump. So she's got uh, politicians in her own state. Nancy said to me, Sid, I'm still her friend. This is not about being friends. We need Trump. So even our own politicians in our own state are not totally behind her. Well, yeah, and what does that tell you? The people who know her best don't want to support her. That's right. They don't want to vote for her. And Donald Trump is coming in, and he's wiping the floor with her in South Carolina. Look, people need to understand that what happened in New Hampshire, and Trump still beat her by double digits, what happened in New Hampshire was an anomaly. You had independents voting Republican so because they don't like Trump and they're never going to vote for Nikki Haley because the Democrats don't vote Republican. In the 40 years that I've been involved in politics, they don't do it. The last time I heard it was the Reagan Democrats in, what, the 86 and uh, the Blue Dog Democrats. But it doesn't happen. And they're just messing it up for Trump because they hate Trump. So in the end, she's got to she's got to recognize if money doesn't come in as it did uh, in the last few weeks, then she's not going to be able to finish the game. And right now, everybody's telling her it's time to finish the game, and she doesn't want to leave. She's having a good time. And she's got plenty of money, but she comes yeah. off, again, as very selfish. I mean, you know, Ron did it. Vivek did it. She finished behind Ron in Iowa, so she got embarrassed. Like you said, with all these people that vote Democrat and all those independents, 62% that voted for Nikki, she still lost by double digits. That's humiliating. So she's it just is. at this. She's being very selfish at this point. Very selfish. Well, she's being selfish. She's not thinking of the party. And the amazing thing is the united front that Donald Trump, former President Trump, I should call him, was able to show with Vivek and Bergram and Tim Scott and the people who were running against him are now supporting him. I mean, we've got to start being like the Democrats and unify behind the person that's going to run. You think people are enthusiastically endorsing Joe Biden? No, but do you hear it? They don't say a word against him. You know, you've got this guy, Dean Phillips, running around. He's just promoting his profile and upping his yeah. profile. Yeah. He's not going anywhere. And no. Nikki Haley needs to recognize it's time to wrap it up. This uh, no labels nonsense. Curtis Sleeva was trying to tell me earlier, yeah, you know, she'll go no labels, and that'll take votes away from Donald Trump. Now, look, look. I uh, did not think Trump was going to win in 2016. I was wrong. I did not think Trump was going to win in 2020. I was right, unfortunately. But I am yeah. pretty sure this time around he's going to win. And you can start no labels. You can uh, RFK. I don't care what these crazy people talk about all you want. I don't think it's going to be that close where a third party, this is not going to be like uh, like we saw with uh, George Bush, you know, that got Clinton. We're not going to see that. Um, that's my opinion. I could be wrong. Now, of course, things will change if Michelle Obama jumps in. But Trump versus Biden right now, uh, I don't see it being all that close, Jane. No, I don't see it being close either. And, you know, this will be the longest general election because it is Trump and Biden. But the truth is that if the no labels group, uh, who in many cases are a bunch of malcontents who want to, you know, mess things up. And even Chris Christie, what a miserable guy. He's a fat, he's stupid, backstabbing, he's a fat, stupid, backstabbing jerk. <laughs> That's what Chris Christie, right, well, fat, he, stupid. He, 
Well, well, we both agree uh, negative. Okay, it's negative. Well, you know those games you go negative, positive. He's a negative. Let me say. Uh, even Chris Christie wouldn't support anybody. Not that he had what he had two points or something. Give me a break. But um, Chris Christie's the kind of guy who would do a no labels and say, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna f it up for somebody this morning radio. I I'm gonna mess it up for somebody. Um, I didn't say it. I didn't. I'm gonna mess it up for somebody, and I'm gonna mess it up for Donald Trump because the hate is palpable on the part of Chris Christie. You know, I think he ought to get a little bit of therapy. You know, this guy is so overwhelmed with anger. I, know. I don't know why he's so teed off because he didn't get what he wanted from Donald Trump. You know, but he loved Donald Trump when Trump was giving him the money and Trump was supporting him. But now, you know, he hates Donald Trump. He's a threat to democracy. The only threat to democracy are the people taking away your First Amendment, Fourth Amendment. I mean, what do you think of these banks that are giving records without subpoenas, without search warrants? Unreal. That's it's unbelievable yeah. what's going on. Yeah. And they call us fascists. Yeah. Give me a break. Yeah, that Second Amendment, too. But, uh, you know, you got people like Anthony Scaramucci behind them, and even my friend who owns the New York Mets, I believe, Steve Cohen, put some money behind yeah. Chris Christie. But he was also an embarrassment. He never he never once, never once on Fox, CNN, or MSNBC said, here's what I'm going to do to fix things. He just went out there, talked badly about Trump, and looked silly. Well, yeah. I'll tell you, right? I mean, right or wrong, that's all he did. That's it. That's all he did. He did. That's why I said that he should spend 400 bucks an hour or whatever it costs these days and get rid of the anger. You know, a little therapy would make a big difference. Yeah, you're 100% right. And uh, maybe Johnny Craig, too. So are you uh, still in? Uh... Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.